0: hello and welcome to 10pence arcade podcast my name is Victor Marland welcome
1: and I am Sean Holly I am fivepence of the 10pence arcade podcast how are you Vic you are indeed I'm I'm very good actually I'm on holiday at the moment
0: oh yeah I have two weeks off as of Friday just gone so I'm pretty good I've been doing lots of uh, bits and bobs which I will tell you about I kept okay. playing Mr. do you know we did Mr do two weeks ago. We did. I've kept playing it. I really like it, but I'm getting a little bit frustrated. I'm not very good at it, and I'm still not very good at it. It's a little too fast for my liking. Faster I, in Dig Dug? Yeah, it seems to be that way. From the, from the start, the, the enemies go quite a bit faster, and in Dig Dug, it takes quite a few levels on for them to get faster than you, and you've got to you know plan your strategy where you drop rocks and stuff. But with Mr. Do, the baddies, and there's more of them as well, they're a lot faster than you, so you've got to work out sort of strategies pretty quick and i do I really do like the game and i need to be i think i need to watch someone over someone's shoulder to get some hints i know sort of roughly what i'm doing but i tend to leave things too long because in dig dug you can get away with it and mr do you cannot so it's that it's that sort of change of mind frame that i've got to get away from mr 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 dig or do dig whatever his name is dig dug do dug yeah, mm. so I, I, do, I do like it, but I want a top 100k, because my best ever was 99,000, remember that, because I was trying to get 100,000 years and years and years ago, and I could never do it, I got 99,000 odd, and I want a top 100k, if I can do that, I'll leave it for a bit, and I'll, I'll just play it casually then, I'm going to keep playing it. I'll getting... just
1: leave it full stop?
0: No, no, I do like it, I've been getting quite annoyed <laughs> with Nemesis, mm. as many yeah. others have. Uh, mm. another thing I'm going to do is on this two weeks off, I promised myself I'm going to get a load of things done, and it's basically me sorting my life out, getting things got rid of, thrown away, sold, given away, just lots of things to get rid of, and I've took a ton of stuff already. What I'm going to do for the podcast, I'm going to document all the arcade stuff I do. So right. as of Saturday when I was off, the first day off was Saturday, uh, I took a really knackered nintendo cocktail tub you know the metal bottom part of it i took it to the tip i gave it a viking burial at the tip it was absolutely knackered it was rusty there was bits missing off of it it had been been sawn and drilled and bits ripped off it would have taken a lot of welding and quite specialist welding because it's quite thin material it's hard to, to weld thinner stuff and and bits actually fabricating to make it whole again so it was a waste of time i've kept the one i'm working on now And another black and white tub that's already been painted. And I'm going to give that or sell that to someone for cheap who wants it to make a black and white one out of. Or maybe an LCD cocktail cabinet. Who knows? But it's a lot smaller inside the tub to fit a monitor in. So you can't Mm, actually fit a a normal Nintendo colour monitor. It's got to be a black and white or a skinny monitor. So that's the first one I got rid of. And it's been in there for about five years doing absolutely nothing. So next day, Sunday, was my birthday just recently. Happy birthday, Vic. Thank you very much. Did you Uh, like your present? I, I love the present I gave, you gave me. Yeah, I've, I've used it up already, because it was thin air. <laughs> and I've breathed that air, in, and I'm glad you sent it to me. It was lovely. Thank you very much.
1: I'm sorry. I'll, I'll send you some in the post or, nah, you're or right. some biscuits.
0: You can, you can buy me a sausage roll next time I see you. Oh, okay. Or something. So the Sunday of my birthday, no arcade stuff was done, apart from a bit of Nemesis play. I've been playing quite a bit. And I've started to set up a vertical groovy main. Remember, I did one a little while ago. Rich Chunkson helped me out with that. But yeah. I never actually put it into a cabinet because I had the Pac-Man multi cabin I've been using that now and again. And I've been starting to put it in the, ver- in the vertical and second pony. And for some reason, the arcade ASD on it, which is a little interface rather like a J-Pack, but a different company, for some yeah. reason, I went to use it and the buttons are set weird on it. So the interface, the one-player start, which is usually, you know the number one on a keyboard in MAME to, to mm. you know, start a game, one player start, is set to five, which is coin on MAME. And also, mm. the first player's fire button is also set to coin. And I'm not sure why. And it's not like MAME's been set up wrong. It's like it's the, the ASD is, is outputting the wrong keys. So what I think you can do, like a Jpack or an IPAC, you can set, what buttons do what on the keyboard? And I think someone who had it before me, because I got it second hand, has changed it for some reason for some other figures. And I think it needs a little program in there just to flash the firmware on it. Right. I think that's what it is anyway. I'm not sure. I have to look into it a bit more. So yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit odd that, but I'll have to work out how to do that. And Monday, yesterday, not much, and today, loads of writing for the Nemesis review. And Jeepers, there is a lot to do with this game. There's a lot of legacy on this game and a lot of things to know and, and find out about it. It's been reading loads. It's been really interesting. I've actually enjoyed writing this, those bits. So be prepared for me waffling a lot later on about Nemesis, Stroke Gradius. Well, well done for using the word Jeepers. Yeah. It's a great word. It is, isn't it? It's talking like of, Talking of Jeeps, I was, yeah. I was playing a Jeep with six buttons just before we got onto the podcast. That's why I was a bit late. But we'll talk about that when we go on to our retrospective games playing section. you probably guess what it is. I've also been developing a prototype button asteroids controller for use with the Vectrex. Um, The Vectrex, if you've got a Vec Fever cartridge, which is quite hard to come by, and I have luckily got one, it's got a bunch of games on there. There's a game that the the author made, and it's only on the Vec Fever. I think you can get it on a cartridge, but it's really hard to find, called... Rocks and saucers, and it's a, a basically a really good version of asteroids. And he also did Rocks Deluxe, which is asteroids deluxe. And this is the game where you can make a little three D printed stand and put your Vectrex on its side and play it like it should be on a, on a horizontal screen. Yeah. But also, the developer has got um, asteroids arcade ROMs, asteroids deluxe, space duel, um, battle zone, uh, tail gunner. Tempest, and what was the other one? There's one of the... um, Red Baron, is it? Yeah, Red Baron. He's got all those arcade ROMs, arcade vector games, working on the Vectrex through the Vect Fever. And they play perfectly.
1: It's amazing, isn't it?
0: What I've done is because on on a Vectrex controller, you've got like an analogue joystick on the left, and you've got four buttons. Most people use one and two buttons for left and right, three and four for thrust and fire, And you just tap the joystick with your finger up, I think it is, to use hyperspace or the shield on Asteroids Deluxe. So what I've done is I've developed this little joystick with a very simple circuit i got off the internet. And it's like a little box with five buttons, just like an, an Asteroids arcade control panel. So you use the buttons. So buttons one and two is left and right. Three and four is thrust and fire. And five, I've actually wired into the circuit the joystick controller. So you use it just like an Asteroids control panel. And on the back of the unit is an up and down button, which is up and down on the So You can control your way through the, the menus in, in the Vec fever, so you can play the game. You don't have to plug a joystick in, find the game, unplug, plug the Asteroids controller in. You just do it all from the, this little unit. So I put that out on um, the Vectrex Fans Unite page on Facebook, and I got 10 pre-orders straight away. I said, would people buy these for this much money? I think it's 45 quid I'm going to charge for them. And everyone went, yes, 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 yeah. yes, 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 yes. You're not the Vectrex community. like They love this sort of stuff. So I've fulfilled mm. 10 orders, and I think I've got another 10 ready for the next batch as well. So what I've got to do before I start assembling, I've bought, I think, 11 boxes, these little plastic boxes, angled boxes. i bought 11 mm. boxes, 50 24-mil buttons, uh, 20 the little momentary switches, 20... Uh, extension cables, you just chop the end off and use the wires to to go to it. And I've got Arcade Art Shop Ollie Muddy Music to make me up some really nice overlays, which one of the Vectrex Unite fans um sent me to use. And I just modified it slightly. It looks really nice. It's sort of like a it looks somewhat almost like the the cabaret version control panel overlay. You know the simple black and white one. But with Vectrex yeah. sort of decals on it. It's really nice. Did I send you a picture of it? I think I did don't think so i thought you i sent you and lewis one on our little chat group i will do anyway but oh, what right. i'll do is i'll put a picture of these controllers on the web notes because it's right, right nice little controller it's really cool so i did i did one a little while ago with a sort of beige looking box that's my one now i got one of the prototypes you've seen that one before haven't you i'm sure yeah I'm that sure. was a revival weren't it uh it was very similar that was chris parsons one i did for him but i've got i found a source for black boxes they look a lot nicer in black Mm. with white buttons so I'm going to do those I'm going to start assembling them soon but I can't assemble them until I've got the overlays done because the overlays need to go over the holes then you put the buttons in and then you solder to the buttons I can't put the buttons in without putting the overlays on so I've got to wait Mm. for the overlays but I might start drilling the buttonhole soon because I've got like 50 odd holes to drill in those things and then two holes in the back of every one of them as well so that's quite a, quite a good thing to do. I've also made an aluminium plate uh, drill guide for it as well, so I can just clamp that to it and drill through. But yeah, they look really sweet with the overlays on it. It's really nice. So I just did a really crappy paper one just to see what it looks like, and everyone really likes it. So that's going to be the next Ooh. thing. And there's two overlays I'm doing. I'm doing a red, white, and blue one, like the upright asteroids, and the black yeah. and white one, like the uh, the cabaret version, and also the cocktail versions of it. So that's oh, one little God. project I'm going to be get going on. And as soon as i got the overlay from Ollie, hopefully he can get them done for me quick because I want, I want to sort of do them in this holiday if I can and get them off to people because, you know, strike while the iron's hot, everyone's interested and they want to buy them and I don't ever take any money until everything's made in the box, ready to go. Then I'll start collecting money off people. So I don't ever do sure. pre-order or anything silly like that because, you know, you might sort of lose... Lose interest. You might, you know, not have time to do it. Work gets in the way. and I don't want people to be hanging around. Already pay me money for them. So there's that. I also yeah. had to fix me cubert because you know Bosconian went down at revival as well. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was a simple fix. I had to um, replace the switcher in it because the switcher went pop somehow. But the cubert when I went to pick it up from Martin's house, we just put it on the back of the truck and pulled it backwards to pull it into my car, and I heard this loud clunk. Oh God! What's that? I knew straight away what it was. Is the power supply in the bottom of it, which I know for a fact is screwed down. I think the screw must have worked its way out, and that the whole power supply—you know, the big heavy brick—that fell mm. fell over and it broke the housing that holds one of the fuses in there. It's like a sort of plastic, brittle plastic holder, and it broke that. So when I got it home, I opened the back and I actually epoxy resined it all together and just put the thing back in because I wanted to leave it original. I could have just put a new fuse holder on there. But it seemed a bit of a waste, because it's actually attached to the brick as well. I think it's, um, I think it's like pot riveted on. I've had to screw holes and that, so I wanted to fix it. So i fixed fix that. Uh, Bosconian's okay now. It's back to normal. Um, it's working fine, because I put a new uh, switcher in. I've got to buy some new switches, just as spares. So that'll be another thing to buy soon. I'm not sure why that went, you know, at um, Revival. I think because of there was a lot of power being used at that Revival... And a lot of power strips to run all the cabs. I think when I unplugged it, something happened. You know, maybe there was a surge or something, and it, it did something to the switcher. Because when Martin and I was looking into trying to fix it, we would try we turned certain things off, so we unplugged the monitor, unplugged the game board, and just see what happened. And when the switcher was on, that popped a fuse every time on the on the main brick. So we knew that was the problem with it. When we when we pulled that out and just had the monitor on, the monitor was coming on fine. So it was a switcher. And it was that it didn't do anything to the border, and then luckily the switcher saved it. Maybe maybe there's a, a fuse gone in the switcher. I'd have a look into it. I haven't looked into it yet.
1: Mm. So that is what I've
0: basically been up to. How about you?
1: Been playing more of Borderlands 2. I'm enjoying that. Not so much as the previous two weeks. I'm how many hours around.
0: have you been into it so far? Can you can you see on your console how many hours you've been into it? I think it's about 36, something like that. On Yoshi's crafted world which i'm getting very close to the end i think i'm on the last world now i'm over 50 hours
1: wow and and
0: wife said to me have a look through my profile a minute and just see how long i spent on link breath of the wild over 150 hours (laughs) she spent on that she got really she got really far through it and she got the i think she did the game she did the four beasts and defeated ganon and then she got quite a way through the add-on levels as well. Because right. there's some add-on levels you could bought afterwards. We bought them. And I haven't even played those. So hopefully one day I can get back to, to, Zinc, uh, to Zinc. I was going to say Zinc then. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's the one. I was going to say Link's <laughs> Awakening then, for some reason. We've been looking at lots of, lots of Zeldas lately because I've been messing around with N64 emulation as well on my Pi 3. And it's not very good. It goes no. from... I was playing... I only wanted to play a few N64 games, so I'm not a big fan of the N64, but there was an older Yoshi game. uh, I think it's Yoshi's World 2. And it runs okay at 60 frames a second. You're playing along, and it got to a certain bit, and you go this little pathway, and everything just went crazy, and it went down to seven frames per second. It just stopped and and had a dump on itself. It didn't like it. So hopefully, with the new Pi 4, we can get some decent uh, Dreamcast and N64 emulation out of it. I think you will do, because there's quite an improvement on there.
1: Yeah, wife wants to play Ocarina of Time again. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the TV, the, the computer under the TV, and just put it on emulation. Yeah. And put a, a wired 360 controller should do it, I think.
0: You can buy N64 USB controllers. They're not very expensive. Less
1: than 15, 20 quid for a good one. All right, might be worth it. They were they were weird to use, though, weren't they? I, I quite liked thing. them. I
0: thought they were okay. They, they were They were basically developed for Super Mario 64.
1: Because they're perfect yeah.
0: for that game. And then everything else sort of went, oh, we better make this work with this as well.
1: We we had a space on a table at work at the, at the club. So I set N64, well, someone else set N64 with GoldenEye on. Mm-hmm. So I had a little I had a little go of the controller. Never played and, it. Yeah, it's still not a big fan of the controller. It's okay. It's all right. It's innovative like that like Nintendo do. The game control, GameCube controller was very, very good. I really like that one. God, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's still used because you can use it. You get a little adapter with a Switch. Yeah. And you can u- use it to play Smash Brothers. Yeah,
0: that's what everyone uses. All the, all the real good players at Smash use that because it's like the preferred mm-hmm. thing. I've never been yeah. into that game either. I, I really respect it because it's got a huge, huge following. And people get really into it, and it's like a massive multiplayer thing, and there's so many characters. I like the idea of it, but the game has never appealed to me. But I just really like sort of seeing it. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, to see someone play it well, it's, it's really yeah. amazing, really. It's like a proper fighter. It's not button mashing. see someone play it well, it's like blocks and counters and all sorts of moves, you know? It's only
0: like Is it two buttons or not many buttons, is it? To play? It's not like a Street Fighter 6 button thing, is it? I don't know. I'm not I sure how many moves you've got, but there's so many different characters. They've all got different moves. And the, the fact is that Nintendo really, really cleverly use their IP. My favourite one is like Mr. Game & Watch. Cause he's still got his like mm. two frames of animation. He's really cool. He's I've like got some it.
1: clever moves, Vic. Do you want to see my clever moves? Yeah, yeah. I can, I can Look, see this, them. This. Wow! <sighs> I
0: and I can see them because the listeners don't have to. That's <laughs> why, Sean, awesome. we don't do this on YouTube.
1: We are all feeling Victor's pain right now. Yeah, that would be embarrassing. Mm. No, we don't want to be embarrassing, do we? Anyway. But I am recording I'll... the video, so hmm, maybe. Oh, okay, fair enough. I've visited mother. Is she's it okay? In the in the nursing home, she's okay. She's all right. Comfy. She's up and down a bit, but she's she's in a nice. She's it's a really nice home, and she's safe. Cool. And I, this time we thought, for the first time ever, I thought to drive down and drive back in one day. So that's nearly four hundred miles in one day. Oh my lord. But it was all right because we were there for like eight hours at a, with minimum amount of rest and then drove back. So I think I'm going to do that instead of stopping over in a hotel, which is, you know, expensive. and It's costing to waste another
0: day, doesn't it?
1: What you're basically doing is waking up, having your breakfast, and then going kind of thing. So
0: <sighs> Yeah, you don't be rushing around, do you? No. Guess what else I've been doing, Vic? Have you been tidying up your hard drive and cloud storage? Yes. Because you, you I can a, read you the, the notes.
1: You're having a tidy up. I'm having a virtual tidy up. Yeah. It's amazing. You've got, I'm trying to find stuff. You know, you've got Dropbox, you've got OneDrive, you've got y- your own folders on your computer, you've got your phone, you've got your downloads folder on your phone. You've got, And I'm trying to find a file or something. You've got Google Google Drive as well. There's that oh, many yeah. things. And I've just tried to tidy it all up, put everything together, delete all the crap so I know everything is. But it's just there's just trying to find some of that yeah. now because so much storage possibilities. Is, I know it's exactly where my
0: files are though. They're all in my toolbox at work. Uh. You know what? I just thought actually when you were saying that, I've had exactly the same kind of thing recently. I've I've got lots and lots. I've got at least twenty hard drives lying around from old computers. People, yeah. you know, drives have been given from people of different sizes. And I found a decent size one. I found a terabyte one. And I thought, right, I'm going to blank this off. And got, I've got, like, a, a, a caddy, a USB 3.0 caddy. You just pop it in, and you can just you know use it like a USB drive. And I've put all my ROMs on there. I haven't put MAME on there yet, because it's going to take a long time, because it's a massive, massive amount of files. But I've put all my PlayStation files on there, which I use on the little PlayStation Mini, and also I'm going to be using on the new Pi when it's available to work it. I've got all the emulator stuff, you know, all the sort of um, from... NES, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, everything. I've got all those. I've got a bunch of computer ones, I've got Atari and BBCB on there. I want to get all my Spectrum, Commodore 64 ROMs, tons of stuff. I have it all in one place. So if I want to get a ROM and use it on something, or I'm getting a new Pi set up or whatever, I can just go to that drive and either SSH it across or attach it to the, the Pi somehow to use it as a part on the Pi and just have it all in one place, rather than going on my Mac and getting a load of files and going on this PC in front of me here and getting a load of files and going, oh, where's that other thing? And finding you know, an old CD from somewhere you've got loads of files on. Have it all in one place. But I don't use any of the cloud... I don't think so. I don't, use, I don't think I use any cloud storage. Or if I do, I don't use it very often. But my wife uses it for work all the time because it's for her, wherever she goes, if she's got an internet connection, she can get her files because she's a teacher, you know, university lecturer, she needs to get, you know, uh, what do you call it? I suppose she needs to get materials from where she's kept it. And she can't be mm. taking a laptop every time or, or an iPad or, a, you know, drive with stuff on or USB keys or whatever. She just gets it off there. So wherever she is, connects, there it is, bosh. I know it's a great thing to have. But I, just, I just don't have the need for it. I really don't. Because all the stuff yeah, I we, use, like files, like ROMs and stuff, and little programs for doing things, they're on the devices I use every single time. So when I do the, the podcast, it's on this laptop, and I do the notes on that iPad, and that's a cloud thing, isn't it? Because it's using um, Google. Is it Google Notes we use? Whatever yeah, Google Docs. Yeah, Google that, Docs. that's
1: That's what we use. It's, it's real-time, isn't it? So you can change, yes. change something. I can actually I see, see you when you're
0: writing on and I give you loads of grief when you're writing on there because I see your cursor moving around. I can give you loads of grief and start messing you up and moving the cursor around and stuff. It's quite fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I've been doing that and working, working oh, so much working. It's been very warm, isn't it? Do you know how much work I've been doing lately?
0: None. Zero. I've been doing lots of tidying. So you suppose you could call it work. And most mornings I'm up at like half seven because I load the car up, go to the tip for eight. Because if you don't, if you get to the r tip after cl- opening time on a Saturday or Sunday there's 30 cars lined up there, so you've got to get there quick, and then don't go back, because the rest of the day on, on the weekend is just rammed. But this morning yeah. I went there, no one there at all. Put me stuff in, and on the way back, almost impossible getting home, because everyone's going to work. I was like, oh, for God's sake, I forgot about for a rush hour, because I normally get to work, <laughs> work early, see? Booker. Arcade News. Oh, okay. In arcade yep. news, we have some of your favourite, favourite, favouritest things. Now, oh, family show, Sean. Family show. It. <laughs> arcade USA. Willie Culver has been reporting. He loves these things. I, I think they're quite good, but they're not for me really. Um, he's got these uh, Super Impulse is the name of the people who make them. These little tiny arcades. You know, I've got. I've got two of them. I've got a Pac Man and a Dig Dug one. And I modded my Pac-Man one to play all four games. Because you get four games on, on the, the the chip inside, but they just choose the one you get the body for. But what I did is I put a little switch on it, so when you turn it on with the joystick in a certain position, it plays either Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Galaxian, or Galaga. And I think the Dig Dug one... I think I modded that to play Frogger. I can't remember which one's in there. But they've released some new ones, and have just released uh, Rally X. And I went on their website... And they've done a Cuba Tetris and Pole Position as well. And Pole Position's actually got a little steering wheel.
1: Come you know on, what these, are, Vic? It's got you know get what ex- they are? it's got
0: to get extra extra points for a little
1: steering wheel, hasn't it? Well, I think they are ready for the beeping.
0: No, I think they're quite nice little things, but they're um <laughs> they're little they're little silly trinkets, aren't they? They're, they're collectibles. Trinkets, they're yeah. collectibles. It's like I, I, I collect those. All, um, kids. Arcade Classics from Walmart the colour ones they just sit in my arcade I take the batteries out so they don't leak and I line them up on one of my shelves and they look lovely in there but you can actually play them I, I, when I get them I always leave the batteries in get them out of the box and I actually play it for a little while before I take the batteries out and use them as ornaments but they can be used still I can pull them out and use them in fact if I ever have um, any more little arcade parties here and I'm thinking about having one soon you know, because I was thinking yeah. the other day when I was doing all my tidying in the, sh- in the sheds I uncovered my wall-mount arcade machines. And what I was thinking, if I have people around, people can go in the garage, obviously leave the doors open, and they can come in, I can put the wall-mounts on the table in the front room so people can play them on the table and then maybe get the little arcade machines as well around and get a pie set up with CRTs and stuff so people can play consoles. I'm seriously thinking about doing that again because I haven't had people around for a while, but I need to get a few little... There's a few machines need a little bit of work and they'll be functional, so I can get on and do that. But I think that'd be worthwhile doing. Yeah, it'd be good, Dad. Yeah, you're obviously cordially invited. i have to work oh, out a day. maybe yeah. be a few months, I expect, to get everything sorted out and everything ready. But yeah, I'm definitely going to do it, and I'll have the usual suspects round, I expect. Yeah, that'd be nice, that But these little things... I also went, I went on the website, and they seem to specialise in little tiny things. And they had yeah. little tiny... Um, I can't remember which ones they are now. They're little tiny games and toys... From our era. Yeah. I can't remember which one they are now. But they had like, you know, little little sort of, um, what games were they? I'll put put a link on the website for everyone to look at. But little things of what we're used to as kids. I was like, wow, I haven't seen them for years. They're little tiny versions of them. Do you know what the
1: best, best accessories for these is, Vic? Do you know what it is? Is it the bin? It's a big hammer. The big hammer. Smash. Better news, though.
0: Better news than that, yes. and this is, this is especially for the arcade emulation people, uh, Raspberry Pi 4 is out, and yes. a lot of them are sold out already. You see this, Sean, in this little red box here? Yes. That is a Raspberry Pi 4 with four four gigabytes, count the gigabytes, of memory. That's cool, isn't it? 54 can, quid, isn't it? You can get the Raspberry Pi 4 with one gig, which is standard, and it's quite a... A jump up from the normal Raspberry Pi 3 for the same price as a Raspberry Pi 3, 35 quid. Yeah. And then the next one up's 40 odd quid, 2 gig of RAM, and that one is £54, and that was 4 gig of RAM. But beware, if you're buying one, you've got to buy yourself a new power supply because it's USB C power supply now, rather than a micro USB. Yeah. And it also uses micro, not mini, micro HDMI output for video but on my yeah, one i'm two using of them is not it yeah it's got two of them so you can actually have you can actually have three displays going because you've got the two micro hdmi's and also if you get the right cable which i got 2 weeks ago for my raspberry pi 3 you can output via the the audio out cuz that was also video as well and you can output to a crt composite yeah so that's clever our friend lewis actually suggested with that you could play three screen darius if you made if you get get a little setup made up if you had a mirror yeah wow yeah you could you could do that that'd be really cool wouldn't it so if you if you were of the persuasion of liking darius or ninja warriors or i think there's a few other three screen games and you had a cabinet and those pcbs are very very expensive because it's quite a it's quite a niche thing to have and you can actually put that in there and work it perfectly
1: Mm. and this Raspberry it's Pi 4 it's something about the pixel clocks isn't it? there's, there's yeah. an unbound pixel clock
0: we are a bit stupid so we don't exactly know what that means but our friends Rich Gregory and Lewis Gamer and also Dave Flinster are the kind of people who can work magic with these things and they know exactly what it is magic. But, but basically means that emulated arcade games can output with the exact is it pixel ratio as the arcade machines, so there is no lag at all, no lag.
1: Yeah, don't that be they're, great.
0: they're not they're not scaling or moving around the pixels or doing anything odd, which takes up processor time. So they can output perfectly. So I'm really looking forward to when you know some of these images come out for this thing. They haven't. I haven't even used mine yet because there's nothing. I want I want RetroPie to be working on it, because I want to play N64 and Dreamcast emulation on it. And the Pi 3 isn't quite up to that yet. So I think mm. the 4 would we'll be able to eat it. It really will.
1: There's a lot of these little mini computers that are a bit more expensive, that can can do a lot more, but they're, they're not as well supported in the software realm, are they? Yeah,
0: there's, there's ones... I don't think they're Arduino, but they're mini computers. I'm not sure what processor they are.
1: But do, they, do a lot of them run Linux? Yeah, some of them run Windows 10, you know, now. There's, there's
0: a banana... Is it a banana pie? And there's an orange pie. And there's basically yeah. rip-off names of the Raspberry Pi. But they are more expensive. But they're, they're a lot, lot beefier.
1: Hmm.
0: And apparently, the Pi 4 runs quite hot. I had to buy a little heatsink for it. And even the Pi 3, I put three heatsinks on that, and that runs quite hot
1: as well. Mind your fingers, kids. I've just, just got a little fan on mine. Have you got what, a fan what, on your voltage- yeah, what voltage power supply do you need for a Raspberry Pi Four them?
0: 9,000 volts AC.
1: Wow. That's uh, a lot, isn't it? It's
0: still 5 volts, same as normal, but it's a, a USB-C adapter. And it, I think the, the adapter I got is um, 3 amps.
1: 3 amps, right. Yeah,
0: because a Raspberry Pi 2 and 3, I think, need, requires about 2 amps for a good supply. Otherwise, you get the little lightning symbol in the corner saying it's not got enough um voltage. But yeah, but the Raspberry Pi four has got USB C and I think USB C can enable more ampage.
1: Yeah, Raspberry Pi one you can run off a lump of coal.
0: Yeah, um, you can sort of lick a lemon and just stuck it to the side of it and it'd be fine.
1: Yeah. If citric acid.
0: <laughs> that's what's in batteries, isn't it? Isn't it? Probably. Lemons. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well you know what you know what um sherbet lemons are like, they're pretty acidic aren't they? Yeah.
1: You probably, you'd probably run you run
0: your, your water boiler off a lemon, can't you?
1: And potatoes. Apparently they've got electricity stored in them.
0: Yeah, I've had a shock-off one before when I had some chips one time.
1: Yeah, well, they're just shocking chips, are they quite good? Shocking. <laughs>
0: have you read the new Arcade Blogger entry? I have not yet, no. Oh, you need to have a bath and read it, mate. That's the best place to read the Arcade Blogger. It's about Centipede. I won't give any spoilers away, but it does go into the story of how Atari hid some innocuous code into the Centipede into the the program data and used it with a software key to prove that Sidam, which was an Italian bootleg, which we know of, had used their code. Oh, I won't go into it any further, but everyone, pause this podcast right now, get on your web browser and go and read Tony's excellent write-up on rkblogger.com. It's in the web, shows.
1: Right. We have some revival news from Craig Turner. He's posted on UK Vac, mm. and he said, Rumours were true and it's unlikely we will be doing a large-scale event next year as I need to take some time out for personal reasons and can't make time for planning, for the planning involved in a big weekend. But the good news is we are coming back several times next year with some small local events, bigger than our usual mini one, but with something awesome for membership cardholders and not clashing on in a massively oversaturated calendar, which is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's, a load, there's a lots a of load events load. on. Yeah,
0: all over the country as well. I think That's I don't know what's wrong though. with Craig. I think he's knackered. Yeah, the poor bloke works very hard. So yeah, have a well earned rest, Craig. And I'm looking forward to the mini ones. They'll be really cool. I like the mini ones.
1: Yeah, going to have to. We went to. I went to one, which is a winter warmer. It was called. It wasn't mini. It was like pretty still a lot big of stuff rip.
0: there, wasn't it? And it was a lot of fun because
1: yeah. a lot of us turned up. Mm.
0: It's quite an intimate event. That's when we. Is that when Alex and I? We're playing Space Launcher a lot. We really, really got into it in a big way, and he did a big score there. Yeah. yeah There's always something that happens, like it, yeah. that happens. There's always something good happens at these little events, and I'm quite pleased yeah. to go to these. Yeah.
1: And Ice Cold Beer has made it onto the Commodore 64 in a kind of facsimile. Is that, a word? Is that the word?
0: Yeah, like Fact- a sort of remake of it, but with graphics, kind rather of, than a, yeah. obviously
1: rather than an electromechanical. It looks really yeah, cool. It does look good. Maybe it's as good as ever, because it's Commodore 64. Check that out, kids. We'll leave a link in the no-shorts. Did yes, Charlie Farr send us a
0: link a little while back for a... It might have been a mobile version of it, with a game like that. Where it had tilt controls, maybe on a phone or, or on a tablet. I remember seeing one, and it was really clever, because it used, it used rather than just using a little bar with a ball on it, like a proper ice-cold beer uses... It had things coming attacking the ball, and you could actually you had to move it around stuff. Can't
1: remember which yeah, game right. it was.
0: Now it looked really cool, though. It looked a lot of
1: fun. I'm sure remember Charlie that? Told us. Remember that game in Pixel Blast that we saw, which was a, a, electromechanical, and you had to get a marble up a hill. It was called so Hill Climber. Clim- yeah, but we've got one arcade. Club's oh, really? But it needs a lot of work. It's rusty. It needs a lot of work doing to it. So yeah, been done the actual hill you climbed
0: minute. up was like. Um, Oh, it was like a sort of pyramid, but with like roads, if you know what I mean, out of metal. It looked like a sort yeah. of stainless or, or, or some sort of metal rolled bar. And that's probably the bit that's got all rusty, I expect. So I, th- I saw it and thought, well, oh, that looks like it's going to get rusty. But it was a fun little game. Yeah. I was very rubbish on it. And it's a Taito mm. game, apparently. I got a feeling Roger Kanzer's got one. Ah. Because mm. Ice Cold Beer gets a hell of a lot of play. People love it. It's a great game, isn't it? It's one of those mm. one of those drinking games. So you've had a few drinks or whatever. Oh, I can play that. And it's because it's a mechanical game. It's like it's like pinball. You've got to have a good feel to it. Yeah. But saying that, remember the ones that remember that one that Etienne made when we went to Eurogamer all those years ago? Yeah. And he made an L C D one with all the different games. That worked absolutely fabulously. It was really That's good virtual that. version of it. Yeah, really, really cool. And the artwork was amazing.
1: Mm, excellent that was. That's
0: about Oops. it for the old uh, the news, isn't it? Not much. It is. Main. Not not a lot
1: this time, kids. Ten pence archives. So what game have
0: you been playing? Going back in our on our history, what game have you been playing?
1: This is one where we I've gone back to. I just picked it up a couple of nights ago just on the off chance really thought i'll have another game with this and it just draws you immediately back in juno first mm. Poss- i've written here possibly one of the best coin operated video games of all time i remember seeing it as a kid thinking a oh, you, you can reverse on this and i don't like it's just strange and then alex alex nintendo arcade kept going on and on and on about it so i thought all right right i'll give it an hour and i thought hang on it's not bad Hang on, it's pretty good. Hang on, it's damn brilliant. Hang on, it's perfect. Yeah, but that Juno first, right? Mm.
0: Is the bomb button a little too far away from the joystick?
1: Yes. Mm. It, it is on the camera. Did he tell you that? On both, on my little bar top, it's perfect to play because you can just like, hover your finger over the hyperspace button. Hover, 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 hover. Hover and I can I, hover. I can get my highest score on that. That's on the sixty and one in a in a LCD bar top. That's where I got me two million on that.
0: Mask has got a lot of lag, and you were cheating.
1: There is, yeah, there's noticeable lag. I, prob- I played it oh, on really? my, I played it on my okay baby, and I got up to level thirteen. I haven't played it for ages, so I think I could, I could start looping it again with a bit of practice. Wow. Yeah, it is a good one. That that's basically vertical defender. and I I prefer it
0: way more than Defender because I'm I'm just useless at Defender but on that game I can go a few levels at least
1: Mm. Mm. I do
0: right the reason I was a little bit late coming to the podcast because I was playing my game from history and Mm. it was Moon Patrol
1: good choice sir
0: well I know you really like Moon Patrol and I want to like it I used to like it I played it in in the arcades as a kid, I played it on my Atari 800 XL. I used to really like it. Uh, I like loads of stuff about it. I like the parallax scrolling, I like the music, I like your, your buggy. I just can't play it. I can't get into it. It's such a formulaic game. You got to know where everything is, and it's quite. I suppose it's quite a memory game. Remember where things come in. And, you know, you got certain levels to do, and you're jumping over the the mines and all that. And then the... when I played, I had one, I had two goes of it. First go wasn't very good, and second go, I got 35,000 points, and I got to the yellow robots. I normally don't even get that far. Is that to letter T? Not sure, possibly. Yeah, Yeah, so I got to the robots. I didn't loop it. I can loop it uh, when I play it for a while and practice, um, but I didn't this time. And I want to like it, but I just can't, because I'm not very good at it, and it's too much of a memory game for me. But I do, I like the sort of... The, when I see the cab, it makes me smile. I like the look She's of the cab. I like the look yeah. of the game. It's just it's one. Of, it's like when I walk past Ms. Pac-Man. I like the look of the game, unless it's speed up version. I just won't play it. But I like the look of it. It's like I like mm. seeing Gallagher, but I don't really play it. And that's one of those games for me. It's sort of a game I know of, and it's iconic, and it doesn't annoy me. But I just don't want to play it
1: yeah it's got a bit of a random element to it you have you have the ground installations that are always the same and the craters and the rocks and that but the spaceships they're they can be kind of random and there's certain bits oh they're swines that i just can't get out of and get killed but i know the expert players can i think you can kind of not group them but you can learn how to deal with them a lot better than i do
0: and there's one thing in the game that's a killer for me inertia when you speed oh. up and slow down, there is a noticeable lag when you do it. I know there's supposed to be because you're, you're in a big buggy, for goodness sake, but I do not like that. I hate it. <laughs> it bugs me. So, yeah, I, I, I still haven't raised my profile of Moon Patrol, but I respect
1: it. Mm. Well, well done. I, I still love it. It's a beautiful, and it's a good podcast image because me and you are in the Moon Patrol buggy. <laughs> That's
0: very good, isn't it? Sticking our silly heads out of the side of it. <laughs> If, saying that, in 1942, we're both in the plane as well, which is quite cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah I can't... Uh, we need to do a compilation of these, or maybe a 10 pence arcade calendar with
1: all your pictures on. Yeah. That'd I, be quite I cool. Didn't... You did more
0: than 12, so we are about to do a calendar, would not we?
1: Yeah, I suppose so. I did some writing. I put loads of like, time into it, which you don't have now. One day, when we do an event, we'll have to do a live
0: podcast. We, we've always threatened it, haven't we?
1: Yeah.
0: And what we'll have to do is have people up with us and have a little stall and have things like CDs, T shirts, bum bags, pants, you biscuits. know, CDs, biscuits with our faces on and get a calendar with all your pictures on. That'd be really cool. Mm. We'll be millionaires.
1: Yeah, mate. Free pound.
0: Yeah, we might make like 17 quid on the stand. Mm. Possibly.
1: Recent pickups.
0: Have you bought anything lately? Well, well, I have bought... That, that says these. to me immediately, no.
1: <laughs> I've got some roasted salted cashew nuts there, kids. Oh, for kids. God's sake. They've got a monkey
0: on the front. It looks just like you.
1: It, that is me. Have you and bought
0: any arcade stuff? Come on. Yes, even yes. remotely...
1: I've uh, bought some Vocation Brewery Life and Death IPA. Check them out. You will I'm be trying to keep
0: drinking those. I'm just drink it without, totally.
1: And... And? i got some lost lager, some Brewdog lost lager. What have you done with it? It's in the fridge cooling down. I sound like an alcoholic, don't I? You sure
0: you haven't lost it? I'm
1: going to have to stop talking about beer and lager, aren't I? Got back to biscuits.
0: Yeah, and Arcata, go and buy some arcade stuff. You were like a reverse Brent from the Broken Token podcast. Because he's always spending his money. You spent none, you skinflint. I'm
1: trying to think if I bought anything at all. No. I don't think I have.
0: I think you should buy another house, right, and have a big yeah. room and fill it full of arcade machines.
1: Yay. Oh, I'll tell you what I did buy. What did you buy? Footwife.
0: Footwife.
1: She fancies that Aquaman guy, you know, Jason Momoa. Bloke with a beard? Is that him? Yeah, she fancies him because he's got muscles and hair. Oh, and it's like, the beard.
0: It's definitely the beard, isn't it? it
1: unlike doesn't. me. So I bought her Aquaman and we watched it, which is isn't, isn't an okay throw away kind of two hours action fest. It's all right. Is he it's like okay. a fish? You does not turn into fish, but other people are fishes in it.
0: I saw a really odd film last night, and you should watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's called In mm. Fabric. It's, a it's bizz- on Netflix. No, no, it's at the cinema at the moment. It'll be on Netflix soon, oh. I expect. It's a really bizarre, very, very odd kind of creepy horror kind of thing. But it really reminds me the way it was filmed of Tales of the Unexpected in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's 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 mad, but it's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Very very cool. Well, I have actually bought some things. They're not quite. Well, so there are some arcade bits actually, but they're not quite arcadey bits. Because I've not really had to buy anything lately, but I have to probably buy some um, hardware stuff to, to do up some of my ISIS cabs soon. But I've got the Pi Four with the four gb uh, micro HDMI adapter USB C power. I bought, as I said earlier, the fifty OBSF. 24mm buttons in white. and I oh, actually bought 40 white ones and 10 red ones. I do some limited edition red controllers for the Asteroids controllers. 11 yeah. of those black boxes. The one was just a prototype and then bought 10 afterwards. Resistors to make the little circuits up. I've got some uh, momentary push buttons. I've got some little bits of the yeah. copper board things making little circuits up out I've got a load of that to come through to make the little circuits. Because the circuits are only like eight res- eight, six resistors, it's only a little tiny thing to make. It's really easy to make. And then that that converts analogue to digital. So when you have a digital stick in there. But also, you actually, you forgot any uh, help with that, Vic? Like no, 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 no. No, you're all right. Okay. You all sit right. there, drink your IPA, you're fine. <laughs> I also bought, remember, I bought three other little tiny boxes, different shaped ones, which I'm going to make other kind of controllers. I really like making controllers. They're a lot of fun to make. And they're mm. quite easy for me to make as well. But what I might do is I might make some spinner controllers for Astro uh, for for the Vectrex, because there's a because you can get Tempest on there now, and there are a few spinner games. I think Pole Position uses analog, but there's not there's not many official games. I think there's only two official games on the Vectrex that used analog controls, even though you know it was an analog controller. So I know Pole Position does, on I think Jim's
1: game Stramash so is no, it? Not
0: the, one. the one before that the um Nox the one that's like a super sprint game that uses yeah. analog there was an option for analog in that and obviously Tempest uses a spinner so I might try and do some of that hmm hmm
1: so what is a momentary push button what is that it's a normal push button it's only, oh, right. it's only making
0: the contact momentarily. So when you press it, it makes a contact. Because some buttons, right. when you press it, it holds the contact in. When you press it again, it comes off.
1: Right. got Because you. you
0: also get, you get push to make and then release to make. So when you want to make the circuit, you press the button like a standard button. And some buttons are always on. And when you press it, it releases. So it's the opposite way around, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. That's what, the momentary button. Button is just a normal button because you get other kind because a button's a switch and you get switches that when you turn it on it stays on and when you turn it off it stays off. With a button it's only momentary. That's the idea behind it.
1: Yeah, like a fire button or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Didn't know they called that.
0: So that's the only things I bought lately. I have got some stuff coming to me in a few weeks' time though. <gasps> Exciting stuff. And I've also Ooh. got some stuff. Next weekend, next Saturday is a smart meet at Smarty Martins in uh, near Fleet. And yeah, I'm picking, I'd like to
1: go to another one of them.
0: I'm picking up some stuff, son. Ooh, I've, yeah. I've got two things to pick up, and they're quite exciting. Ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. Ooh,
0: ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Maybe three things. Ooh. So next podcast, I
1: will have some stuff. Nice! Can I pretend that one of it's mine, so my pickups don't look so abysmal? We can do. Yeah. Right, this is
0: the largest section of the podcast. Probably not this one because I've got a lot to say about Nemesis, but this is the feedback section. Listener
1: feedback. S- Some people likened me to Step Two, off, Step Two, and Son after looking at Mr. D. Podcasting. bitch. You? <laughs> You're liking them? Do it again, <sighs> Um ah. If
0: our overseas <laughs> listeners don't know what we're on about. Um, look up an old 60s and 70s sitcom called Steptoe and Son. There was a younger guy in it. They're both rag and, bone, rag and bone men. And an older guy, old man Steptoe. And that's what you look like.
1: Brilliant. I do a bit.
0: Thomas Rath of Calm, talking about Nemesis. Because all versions of Gradius... Internally upscale difficulty to rubber band with your play skill. I find that if I powered up normally, as I would in grades two to four, which I'm more familiar with, and they have this scaling algorithm, it's far more discreet I would get slapped all over the place like a beach ball by about halfway through stage one, and never to be lose a life. While it was and still is completely counterintuitive, I took one speeder, the laser, and the missile and intentionally didn't power up any Instead of crashing and burning on stage one, unless I somehow managed to navigate through all the bullets in between my cowardly shrieking, I got through to the end of stage two without too much hassle doing this. Then the second time, I got into stage three and got the score I've just posted.
1: So well done. There's quite a few comments on Nemesis, and I've put them in the game review, so I've missed that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a few comments on Nemesis, so we'll yeah. read them out later. Uh, Steve Erickson for Retro Asylum. He's put, nice to see you fine gents at Revival. Nice to see you too, Steve. And nice and all the to see other- you, sir. And all the other re- retro Asylum dudes. Jeremy Riley. Jeremy Riley. Is that how we say it? I think so. Thanks
0: so much for making Mr. Do. I had a great time and got really hooked. When games like this and Rock and Rope can still ensnare first-time players like me, and entertain with depth and replay, it's a true classic.
1: Yeah, Rock and Rope was good. Yeah, I liked it. Hmm. Another comment from Jeremy Riley. Hi, Sean and Vic. Thanks for the continued podcast goodness. Oh, this is another one from Nemesis. I've missed putting the bottom bit. Nemesis is a really solid shooter and one I hadn't spent much time with. It's nice to discover the fairly obvious inspiration for the C64 classic Armalite. I loved Armalite, it was so cool. I think it was that one. Think it was on two cassettes because I didn't have a disc drive. Just look at the bosses, he said, as well as many other horizontal shooters. However, I hope button remapping is allowed because the default layout is just stupid. I only realised today that I'd spent the last two weeks playing the wrong ROM set. Uh Uh The differences are subtle. More bullets in the one you've chosen, and they move a little faster, especially the boss lasers. Conversely, it is more generous with power-ups after you die, and the non-standard ROM being scabby to the point of rage quit. Anyway, skills acquired on the other version were fortunately transferable, and he put his score, which we'll read out later.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't play Armour Light, but I played a game called Delta on the Commodore 64.
1: Yeah. That I was a Nemesis
0: lookalike. Yeah, it was a really good one. It was by a guy called Stavros Fasulas. I remember his name for some reason. Mm, it was a really yeah, good game, but you couldn't play it on a black-and-white TV because when you, when you do a certain level, you shoot a certain number of baddies... There's these sort of columns across the screen, and they're grey, and the ones you can you can fly into and pick are light blue. So when you, you wanted to choose a certain weapon, if it was lit up, you could fly through it. But on a black-and-white TV, they all looked exactly the same, so you just crashed into it half the time. It used to kill you. Did you have a black-and-white TV, then? Uh, for some period of playing the Commodore 64, yes, I did.
1: Oh, and i my old VIC-20. Wow.
0: Rob Ty's been on. No time to play Nemesis. I'm still doing the do. And he sent a picture of Betty Boo doing the do, which was a Betty terrible Boo. pop
1: single. Betty Boo, I'm doing the do. I wonder what she's doing now. Still doing the do, I expect. I <laughs> suppose. Vamino Vamino that was me playing completing 1942 at Revival Vamino aka oh, okay. I see. 1942 is one of my favourite games I put a high score on Vic's Cuba as well after I spoke to Vic about the perils of playing C64 on a black and white telly Shane Robotech gave me a load of biscuits at the end of Revival and I passed a couple of biscuits packets onto Sean while he was loading the Arctic by himself as I thought he needed a boost of biscuit and yeah thanks mate I didn't say goodbye I just went and I thought, there's loads of people I haven't said goodbye to and I missed this guy. Sorry, mate.
0: Always oh, the way, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, QED, he's our ace Mr. Do uh, player. Greetings, ten 10pences, Another great podcast. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for the ping and the link to my Twitch channel in the no-shouts. Bit sad that Sean didn't like Mr. Do, but I'm a tad biased. So glad that Victor took a bit of time to give it a go. Most Dig Dug fans just dismiss Mr. Do as an inferior clone, which it really isn't. Nice one astounded that Charles of Farr didn't put in a truly massive score as usual. Still was impressed with a minus 50. How the hell did he do that? I think it was either Photoshop or Witchcraft, because Charlie Farr is a warlock. We all know this. Uh, first credit, Mr. QED got 1,017,950. And he said he's That's getting huge averages of 18,000, above the target pace of 15,000 per scene. When I play, I get from eight to 12,000 and I don't really get past like level 4 or 5 anyway. So I've got a lot to go to get anywhere near that.
1: That's good going.
0: And his Twitch video again, which I'll put in because it's the million-point one on the no-shouts, been quite a while since my last big game. Game on. Mm. Excellent player.
1: (laughs) one from one punch Robbie great podcast again, Sirs. Nice to have a mention in the feedback again, Mr. Do was the first score I submitted and I beat Charlie far. Not too shabby at all. Yes. I know he got less than zero, but I'm having it. Can I add a suggestion for a listener pick? It's my favorite arcade game, but I'm not sure why it's always just draw me in for another go and push me to try and finish it nearly there, but I haven't finished it yet. It's Chelnov atomic runner. Sorry, Vic. (sighs)
0: Um, Sean suggested to Rob to bribe me with chocolate hobnobs. it was reminding me of an episode of Bottom.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a picture of, of um, Eddie and Richie are trying to warm up hobnobs, soggy hobnobs over a fire, aren't they? Or They're
0: trying to entice out Wombles, I think, from Wimbledon Common, something like that.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to watch them again. They were so bonkers. They are bizarre, bizarre aren't they? and he's put anyway it's a great game and I'd love to see what the others thought of it this is Mr. Do I have the Mega Drive version too, which looks a little different but plays the same no actual PCB yet though great choice in Nemesis though mm, not sure about that mm. I am Jimmy
0: great to catch up with you guys at Revival this year how great was that event love the Gaming Legends panel well done hosts and guests I know that Charlie Fire was a little nervous beforehand but he had no problem holding down his own against the veteran panelists John and Tony and how com- comforting to hear that even the demigods of gaming have the occasional off days. I managed to spend a few moments watching John's grouping technique and after the panel ended with incredible skills. Still loving the podcast? Highlight of this week's episode, question, what kind of people play real golf? Answer, bumholes. Brilliant. Keep on rambling, ranting, eating and talking about biscuits. Viva the 10 pence podcast.
1: Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Robotech, or is it rob O'Turk from Ireland? Might be. Might be enjoyable podcast again, guys. One of my favorites now is it needs to be weekly. I don't we think should, so. We struggle with that. Revival was hard work, but great fun again. Mr. Curry night this year as I was too tired to stay awake and eat it. Only three hours sleep the night before as I was too excited and an early start to set up before people arrived. If Vic and Sean were nervous for the talks, it never showed. We weren't nervous, were we, Vic? Uh, uh,
0: yeah, a little bit. I, I thought.
1: I had lots of stuff running through my mind how it was going to run, and it wasn't like that at all. It's fine. Do you know, you got a nice compliment from wife. She, she said, because we listened to it in the car going somewhere, and she said you did really well to lead lead the panellists and lead the questions. And didn't I didn't take just, much, they did it? Because those guys know what they're talking about. And I just interjected stupid comments, which is not like me. Sean, mm. anyway, yeah. just stick to what you're good at, mate. Thanks, mate. Rescue was great, and a game I had not seen before. And Mr. Do, to quote a bit from a previous podcast, no. <laughs> Actually,
0: a resounding yes. Uh, this is a new contributor, El Mipo. Hi, been listening to the show for a while, and i finally decided to put a score in. What's your score, El Meepo? I'll, I'll look for it. I don't... Ooh. Maybe I was given that on a, on an email. I'll have to look. Uh, That's scores. what score not sure. I'll look.
1: I'll look for that one. Hang on. He says he's on Arcade Sidekick. Oh,
0: that's what it is then. It's on Arcade Sidekick. Oh, thank you for be- that. We'll, we'll look it up and put it in this in the sh- notes. Let's
1: have a look. Let's have a look. One hundred and nineteen. I'm on. I'm on it. One hundred and nineteen. Four hundred. Good score. Um, Gary James Harris, which is Bobby Idod's better half or
0: worse half, depending on how you're looking at it. Uh, talking to me, I heard you mention you had problems regarding main ROMs, as in this week's pick of Mister Do. I had the problem with the ROMs, wouldn't work, and the only one that did was Mr. Low ROM, but the sound was all over the shop. I specifically use MAME UE64, and I've done since the dawn of man to speak, and it's easy to use the front end. is nothing spectacular, but it does the job. Thing is, I tried the next game, Nemesis, and I get the same problems again. Works, but sound all over the place. Now, I don't know what system you're using MAME on, but for me, pressing F11 gives me the speed percentage of game running. For Nemesis, it's 83%. No way should this be this low on my system from what i can gather it's knocking off in Mame settings the v-sync triple buffering now it doesn't always work because by default i think most graphics cards have v-sync on their settings maybe worth bearing in mind when using Mame. yes i have the latest Mame and grabbed 0.209 merged roms and mr D roms in this set now work fine for me the nemesis still a sound issue which makes it non-playable for me at the moment unknown why at this point i know i can get around the fourth level in the game but the way it is at the moment i cannot get past the first level pretty sure everyone will beat up this game and probably won't get past the score yeah when you play a game and the sound isn't right it really puts you off so i wouldn't be able to do that either but mine mine works absolutely fine on the, the main what i'm using whatever it is mine does but
1: i have the sound off most of the time on games
0: you know on the 19 and one nemesis mm. is on that but is that the versus nintendo version or is it the proper version i don't know i can't remember i know it's on there didn't even think to play it on that. Uh, Lance Thompson alerted me to the Retro Flag Pi case. And I know all about this already. Can you get one? Uh, no, they're out of stock everywhere. Amazon are going to be the sole supplier in the UK. And it looks just like an original Game Boy with a, mm. with an LCD colour screen in it and all the circuitry and, and controls. And all you do is you plug a, a, a Pi Zero in the bottom of it actually through the cartridge port. And you obviously have retro uh, retro Pi on there or whatever, and you can play perfect emulation on this thing. It's, it's all built in already. You don't have to assemble anything. Just put your Pi Zero in with a proper image on it, and away you go. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, I really, really so, want one. They're like okay. seventy quid, or seventy US dollars. I think they're probably seventy pounds here, but they're, they're out of stock everywhere, and you can't pre-order them. So as soon as they come back in into stock, I'm going to buy one. Nice retro flag makes some really nice cases. Um, for, for Pi computers as well. You know, it's shaped like an old Mega Drive or a PlayStation or whatever. But they're really high quality. They're really good.
1: Hmm. Mr. Deadlock sent me an image of Altered Beast IPA from Funstock Retro. You have to get me some of that. And I gave it a no for IPA and
0: also a no for Altered Beast. Oh. So that is a two out of two, Harump, from me. <sighs> So thank you everyone for your comments and feedback. Please keep sending them in. We love it. Friendly shout-outs.
1: Okay, I have one shout-out, right? Oh, this is a good
0: one. I like this one
1: to the very kind person man lady people that handed in my mother's handbag she lost her handbag while we was i took her out for a walk in the wheelchair we just went around just to get out the home around the shops and Mm -hmm. you know little cafe and that faith in humanity has been restored I'd, the the bag had fallen off off of a lap onto the floor somewhere we couldn't find it yeah and just by luck i saw a I saw a policeman a police car parked up this was about an hour later because we went and had something to eat and i, I was, th- I was I like asking people if they'd seen the bag mm-hmm. and i asked the policeman and he, he he radioed into his like head office or whatever it is the station and yeah someone's handed it in a couple oh, of oh wow down. that's really nice and it was a probation service centre. Someone had handed it in there. And, and, yeah, everything was still in it. That is brilliant. I think the fact is why the poor lady lost it is because you were using her wheelchair as a Grand Prix car, weren't you? You are zipping round the park with her. We did have to run across the road because the car's coming. And I think that's where it may have fallen, either, either side of the path, you know. Well, but my, we didn't notice.
0: My mum's not... Uh, too firm on her feet either and when she does come to visit because she can't walk very far she can walk short distances not too far and it's easier when you go in somewhere to shove her in a wheelchair because it's easier to just to get around you're not waiting forever for, to do everything she's quite slow so what I tend to do is I get hold of the wheelchair and pretend it's a race car and whiz around in it just to hear her shrieking it's really a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> it's in fun though she's not she's not scared she does oh, not starts swearing at me so I have to slow down It's in quite Scottish like fun, though. yeah in Scottish so well that person probably isn't isn't uh, listening but they are lovely thank you very much for that
1: thank you whoever it was
0: Arcade Master Quiz Uh Uh-oh, it's quiz time, and it's my turn to be quizzed. Now, last time, you got loads of questions right, even the ones I made up. So I want some
1: easy ones this time, young man. You are going to get, if you don't get 10 out of 10, honestly, Uh I'm going to slap you around the face with a wet haddock. Oh, God. All right. Well, last time I was assaulted by a fish. It wasn't pretty... (laughs) here we go you're gonna get these honestly right first question Jerry Buckner and Gary Garcia had a fever in 1981 what kind of fever did they have
0: it was definitely Galaxian fever no it's Pac-Man fever
1: yes okay what year followed the heady golden years of 1984 and 1985 1986 yes well done, Vic. That was a pretty easy one. It's good, isn't it? Nintendo released a series of handheld games before the Game Boy called a Game and What? Clock. Game and Clock. Yes. Game and Watch. Yes. See, i tell you, you got, you got to get ten. This is a good one. Poor old Bert is in a long line of people waiting for... <laughs> what am i writing this crap for poor old bert is in a long line of people waiting for the biscuit shop to bo- open so bert is in a what
0: line line bert
1: no. is that no. game from Gottlieb? line bert um, oh you got that cue Q Bert. <sighs> right 1993 snk were in a right rage they were in a fury even snk what type of fury did snk finally end up in it was a Fatal Fury. It was a Fatal Fury. Probably Fatal s- Fury 18 or something. They were so angry. So Oof. angry. Oof. Oh, kicking out. 19- 1990- uh, 1990. No, I've just read that one. Jesus, man. Uh, in 1985, Atari were raiding the Lost Ark with this game. What was it?
0: Indiana Jones. Yes, and. And his lost things in the arc of the thing with the whip and stuff and little kids in cages. And that man with a heart and eating monkey
1: brains. Is that what it's called? That'd be a massive marquee, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be a big, one, yeah. Right, is it is a really tri- really, really tricky one. Name the 1983 <sighs> sequel to 1982's Smash, Atari Smash, Pole Position.
0: Pole Position. The revenge.
1: No three, four, nine, twelve, two. <laughs> two Pole Position two. Yes. Okay. What planets were I.R.M. patrolling in 1982? What were they patrolling? No, it's not a planet. What?
0: Uh-oh. You better go and rewrite that question,
1: son. What satellites were I.R.M. patrolling in 1982? <laughs> it's a moon. That's no moon. Eight out of ten. You're going to do it. In what year was Robotron set? 2049.
0: 24. No. Yes. What's 2049? Is that San Francisco Rush 2049?
1: Yeah, you nearly um, got that wrong then. Right, this is this is the only one that might be a bit tricky. Go on. In, yeah, hang on. Yeah, 1983. Developer or- Orca was Lancing Warts. but where? So it's Summer Lancer. They were sky. Warts. In the Sky in the sky. Lancer, you've done it, Vic. And for a bonus question. Bonus question. Which girl has the chunkiest thighs in all of Street Fighter land? Definitely Chun-Li.
0: Yes! You got... You can crack walnuts in her thighs. You got 11 out of 10. Wow, I'm so cool. Next week, I want harder ones. They'll be ridiculous. Or, (laughs) I'm going to get points from the stupidest answers. Okay.
1: That was good, though, wasn't it? We needed a 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah. I am definitely a ten
1: out of ten kind of person. Me.
0: <laughs> Feature game review. Let's start this off with a proper introduction.
1: Konnichiwa. This week's featured game was released in 1985 by Konami. In Japan, it was called Gradius, but in Europe, it is better known as Nemesis. OK, let's play Nemesis. Thank you, mysterious Japanese lady.
0: Excellent stuff. This is Nemesis, also known as Gradius. Right. This first came out as Gradius using bubble memory hardware to store the program data. You know if you're running the version as the screen has a loading page with a large number countdown and the sentence warming up now. And it sounded just like this. In fact, we should warm up, Sean. Do some star jumps. Yep. Now, this warm-up, the bubble memory needed to operate at 30 to 40 degrees centigrade to run properly. This takes around a minute and a half to warm itself up. I don't know how it warmed itself up. It must have had some sort of heating elements in it or something. God knows. It's a bit dodgy, is it? But this was a magnetic media that was supposed to take over from floppy disks because it had no moving parts in it. But due to its unstable nature around magnetic fields, it just didn't work very well in normal environments, and especially in an arcade setting. So these boards were very, very unreliable. And then a year or two later, because the game was so popular, they brought it out on a normal PCB with normal EEPROMs on it. So Gradius also came out on a later standard ROM-based hardware with the release of Nemesis for European and North American territories. For some reason, they changed the North American's game's difficulty and had a fancier title paper, an artistic-styled image from the game rather than the greatest logo writing. And we are playing the North American version, just Nemesis. All versions of the game run with a 68K CPU with a Z80 for sound processing with two AY38910s, which are our favourite sound. We do like them. They're so good. The sound in this is particularly good, and two of them is really good. So... To play this game, this is a spiritual continuation of Scramble, an earlier, greatly loved space shooting scrolling game from Konami. The series was from genius creator Hiryasu Machiguchi. But this time, a horizontal orientation was taken. Scramble is, of course, a vertical orientated game, but it horizontally scrolls, which makes no sense. So to rotate the screen 90 degrees for the greatest series makes a lot of Mm. sense. Yeah. You control the now famous and rather nicely named Vic Viper spaceship. The Vert eight Vic w- Viper. The Vert Vic Viper. With an eight-way joystick and three buttons, fire, bomb, and weapon select. For some weird reason, one of our listeners told us in the feedback earlier, I know about this, Konami decided to arrange these buttons in a really weird way. With your buttons laid out from left to right as select, fire, and bomb. I always, always, always change this on any MAME system I set up when I first set it up. It's the first games I go to, and change the button mapping rounds. So I have fire, bomb, and then select because the first two mm. fingers are what I use for bomb and fire all the mm. time. And then the third one, you don't use that often. This is the same for Iron Horse, and Gradius 2. Iron Horse right. has got it's got the the punch, whip, shoot, whatever on one button. And then you've got the throw your, but- your bomb and also the duck button. And it uses it a really weird way around. It just, just isn't intuitive to your fingers. So I always change that as well. Now, your craft starts out as treacle slow. It just plods along. But if you shoot some series of enemies or the red-orange coloured enemies, they drop a fiery red upgrade pod. If you collect one power-up and hit the select button, you'll get a speed-up for your ship, which is essential. mm. When you choose a weapon, your power-up collection is restarted at zero, and if you have maxed out one of the particular weapon, it will be blanked out. But you still have to collect the weapon to bypass it to get the next upgrade. Collecting two power-ups will get you a bomb weapon, which is deployed by your second fire button. This bomb travels down at 45 degrees, and when it hits some terrain, will travel along it until it explodes on a baddie. A third power-up cancels out the bomb and replaces it with a double shot, your normal front firing weapon and a shot that goes up at 45 degrees, and this is really handy for hitting those suckers that stick to the top of the terrain. Another power up will gain you a powerful laser that cuts through enemies at a very satisfying rate. It Another doesn't pa- cancel out the bomb. You still have. You can still have the bombs. What with the double?
1: Yeah, because no, that's what I was doing. That's no, it what doesn't. No,
0: not don't, have, mm. it, don't go, it doesn't go up and down. I think it does when you get the multiples, but not on its own
1: right that's what i was doing that's what i was doing
0: so another power up on from the laser option is the option or the multiple as i always remember it being called it's a fire red blob that flows behind your ship and can be placed anywhere around your ship when you are static so you can move it around it sort of snakes around after you Mm -hmm. this mimics the exact firepower of your ship the last upgrade is a shield which flies towards you and sticks to the front of your ship But beware, though, it gets smaller when it takes a hit and eventually disappears altogether. You can also be hit anywhere on the rest of your ship, so don't think it makes you invincible. Not on this game. On the later games, it does, but this one, it isn't. It's only the front of it that you can hit things with. Yeah. Every 15th power-up orb on the screen will be a blue one. Pass over this to annihilate everything on screen, smart bomb-styling. Very handy in busy situations. Now, there are seven levels. The first level is a mountainous terrain-based level with enemies on the top of the screen firing inwards and also on the bottom firing inwards. You can also get all sorts of flying foes, as well as static gun emplacements, spaceship generators and bouncing mine shooters. The game proceeds with a large mid-screened rock with laser emplacements on it firing at you and onto a midsection where the screen stops scrolling. And two active volcanoes spew up rocks all over the shop to come to some very jaunty music, which sounds just like this... And it really gets your ju- shooty juices flowing.
1: <laughs>
0: shoot and avoid these to not get blown up. If you manage to shoot a lot of these rocks, you can really rack up some points. Or you can sort of stay at the top of the screen and be a scaly cat and just shoot from up there. You don't hit many, but you don't get hit.
1: No, they just get getting the- killed by just trying to, even doing what it said on the attract mode, like trying to stay at the level with the two volcanoes. I just got killed all the time. I could never do it. So I just went to the top.
0: You've got to have quite a lot of firepower to do it. With the lasers, I think mm. you've got to have as many multiples as you can get and the lasers, and sometimes it's not that difficult. It's difficult to get that. At the end of the level, you see the first pathetic boss and you have to shoot the core. Basically, avoid its laser fire and keep firing at it until you eventually knock out the centre barriers, protecting the vulnerable part of the ship. If you think of the baddie at the end of Phoenix, but on its side, it's like that. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really chip away at it takes one two three four and then kills it it just disappears after a while altogether you just hit it and it's dead it's a really weird boss the end one it's not very good at all so level two starts off the same with a sort of intermediate level with a round sneaking enemies that provide you with some weapon orbs this time they fire at you as well though the level then goes on to terrain made out of non-destructible and destructible rocks the pink ones are the ones that you can shoot who ever heard of pink rocks konami now, Konami have got form with doing pink things, haven't they? Sunset Riders, you're going to say, aren't pink you? Pink cows. I'm not I am love it. pink cows. There's some in our field down the road. No, Sean, that's your eyes. Uh. So, gun and batteries are everywhere on this level, and also a few of those spaceship generators that spew out craft that go for you. This level, surprisingly, scrolls up and down too and wraps around after a bit, so it gives you a lot of movement. This bit isn't too bad, but beware of smashing yourself on the rocks when collecting power-ups. And then to get to the end of the part of the level, you have to find a whole bu- fire a whole bunch of pink rocks that need to remove to progress. But hiding in these are these funny little ship things that fly towards you and try and kamikaze you. Lasers lasers are very effective deterrent here. At the end of these, you get these stupid square things that appear out of thin air and rush at you from all angles. Move around and keep firing us, not get got. If you've got a bunch of options and the laser, it's not too hard. Just stay on the left hand side and only move when you need to keeps firing after a short period of this which seems like forever you get the boring end again blah blah kill the sucker same as the first level really boring level three is probably the famous mower heads level these have got these maori heads like the easter island ed- heads heads mm. and they fire stuff at you but these guys well, i always think of when i think of gradius or nemesis always 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 you always get them in the graphics at the pre-stage, at the start, you get the usual lines of enemies you have to shoot to get the weapon orbs. We also get these things called Mothers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good name for them. These are metallic ball idiots that spew out tiny versions of themselves. If you kill them quick enough, they don't have time to spew them out. But when they spew them out, they're indestructible. You need to swap your beloved lasers at this point to the double weapon. Shoot mower heads in the gob to kill them off while I spit in ringos at you you need the double weapon to kill the mower heads that are on the roof shooting downwards yeah you do and you cannot kill the heads that are on the roof facing away from you because their mouths are from behind when you go past them you can't shoot up and behind your ship so what you have to do is hang back and then whiz forwards and take cover behind a lower mower head so they can't fire their ringos at you but they're actually impossible to shoot just got to avoid them at the end of the level you get a bunch of mothers (laughs) aren't they firing their indestructible child discs at you. After a wave of these things, the boring old boss turns up again
1: <sighs>
0: Shoot it in the core, blah blah blah, yeah, yeah, whatever. Level it's not four. very good that, is it? It's, it's not, it really didn't... rubbish. That I think the bit just before the end boss is the real boss at the end. it's always a bit different. But then you get this boring yeah. thing come up and you just do it. It's like it's almost like a placeholder that they forgot to add a different graphic and with different weapons at the end of it. Or maybe yeah. they ran out of space, I don't know. It just seems that like they just shoved it on again and again and again. It seems really dull. There's only Very one strange. level where they don't do that. Yeah. So level four is actually a repeat of the first level, but upside down. And with much more enemies. When you get to the erupting volcanoes like you do in the first level, they are now on top, and there are two hatch um, baddies that have thrown up spaceships, so you do it in exactly the same way. You just hang over the volcano. You just keep shooting the, the rocks coming out of it. You get a tonne of points. But then towards the end of that bit, you get these things called Iron Maiden baddies. And they're like a sort of spinny disc thing. You just keep shooting with the lasers. They, they'll provide, provide no problem at all. Just kill them off. It's easy. Uh, boring Boss 4 comes out as usual. Pathetic defeat. Blah, blah, blah. Same again. Level 5. This is the testicle level, Sean. Oh, I didn't
1: see this. No. I did I did on the video, but I didn't get to it.
0: No, I didn't know that. Tentacle level it is. Uh, lots of brain things and wiggly tentacles firing tiny orange bullets at you. If you shoot the arms in the different coloured joint in the centre, it kills them off, and then the brains keep coming at you, but they, they provide no threat at all, apart from you crashing into it. Just ignore them, and just keep shooting off the, uh, the arms, because the arms are firing little bullets at you all the time. So just ignore that you can kill them off. And they shrivel up and eventually die. But this is basically the whole level. And at the end of the level, there's a load of them come at you with these brainy testicley things. And then the big boring cork turns up right at the end again for another embarrassing beating. This level <laughs> seems... seems I never got this far, but it seems quite an easy level to do. It's just a bit of dodging going on and just shoot the arms. Yeah, Charlie
1: Fire reckons the mower heads is the hardest level.
0: Yeah, a lot of people say that. Um, mm. Level six, this is the coolest looking level. This is a really cool biological level directly inspired the whole art style to salamander aka life force one of the next games in in the series the prime enemies on this level are different looking hatches that spew up collision enemies and amoebas the amoebas can even survive a blue power-up smart bomb the tough buggers lots of shots to the face to remove them you also have to shoot through a load of alien webbing think salamander again for this there is no boring big core at the end of this level but a much better alien attached to the geiger styled scenery This thing lobs tons of bullets at you in a very small space. But your awesome firepower, you've still got four multiples, right? Mm -hmm. is no match for this thing, and you get tons and tons of points and potential for extra life from shooting its firepower. It fires loads of bullets at you, you get loads of points for shooting the bullets. You just keep shooting, and eventually it just kills itself and dies. But when it dies, it fades out. Don't crash into it when it's fading, because it still can kill you. Wait until it's completely gone before you fly through it. Final level 7, if you're still here. And I wasn't anywhere (laughs) near this level. No. This final battle takes place in the Bacterian's Flying Fortress. This is the only level where the background isn't space-coloured, i.e. black. This level's got loads of enemies, duckers, hatch-spawning twerps, and even an unwelcome appearance by the idiots that appear out of nowhere and rush towards you from level 2. Yeah, you thought you'd seen the back of them. Now, towards the end of the level, a weird cage thing that takes up nearly the whole height of the screen slides into view... I think the idea of the cage is to entrap you inside it, firing at you and turning on and off horizontal vertical lasers while it scrolls to the right, so you have to sort of fly with it, avoiding stuff. But you can simply fly above it with all your options trailing below, firing at everything that moves until the cage basically scrolls itself away. It stays for quite a while. Just before you're faced with the most pathetic endgame boss ever, you're confronted with two wiggly arms that can be killed with the easy smash-the-different-coloured-joint method and then an evil trap two doors close in front of you that will trap you and force you to close with them so whiz forward and you're home free the brain at the end is useless you don't even have to shoot it you stay there for a while and it kills itself it just dies you then get a nice little sort of animated shot of the evil space station you were battling to blow up and then you're dumped into the next loop of the game back to the start with increased difficulty and you're stripped of all your weapons but you just play again basically and it's a bit harder Mm, so So that is the game easy absolutely easy peasy for about two of the people who played this game Mark X Mosquito lovely bloke, met him a revival he has been absolutely excellent to us here he has provided us with not one but two videos the first one is going to be the Gradius gameplay video and in this video he's playing the original version of Gradius which is the slightly easier game and he's put some audio commentary over the top of his gameplay which is really really cool and also, he's done a video for us on the Ten Pence playing Nemesis. And when you hear, if you listen to this, if you watch this with a video with the, the sounds on, you, know, you can hear sort of the music in the gameplay and you hear the tappity tap of the buttons and stuff and the joystick moving. But every now and again, you hear Mark comment and you hear Jesus Christ at one point when he's heavy under fight, And then just die at the wiggly brain things level five. Uh, Charlie has also sent a video to us of a 1cc. You can see if his uh, gameplay is any different to these two. Now, tips and secrets on this game. This game obviously has a ranking system. Anyone who's played this will realise there's a ranking system to it. And this, as outlined by Mark Mosquito in his Excellent greatest video with audio commentary, uh, is the less you've been killed by the game and the more firepower you have, the game ramps up the difficulty... This is bloody hard work. This version is also more difficult than regular Gradius, which we didn't know at the time. Otherwise, I'd have told everyone to play regular Gradius. The more speed-ups you get, the wider your options are apart, thanks to Mark Mosquito. So normally, I'd get one speed-up, because anything more than that, for me, it makes you really twitchy. But if you get two speed-ups, your options are further apart, giving them a wider range. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that. Mark actually says, no more than two speed-ups. Any more than that, you just crash into stuff. It's it's impossible to control. Uh, Don't get the lasers until late into level one, otherwise the rank ramps up massively, and it just fires a ton of stuff at you really fast. It's really hard work. So leave the lasers until the end. Also, if you are good at the game, use Mark's trick for killing the pathetic bosses. But you need to be fully powered up to do this. If you watch Mark's videos, what he does, on the levels where there's no terrain, and you just blank space killing that thing at the end if you go into the bottom of the screen right in front of it and just keep lasering the thing can't shoot you when it goes to the bottom mm. of the screen it can't shoot at the bottom of the screen so it cannot shoot at and it just kills itself quickly it's really yeah. pathetic it looks like a bug in the game actually, they shouldn't have left that in on the volcano levels uh, hang a volcano height with lasers and get a ton of points hitting the rocks but I think you have to be quite powered up to do this because I kept getting killed, a rock would fly over at the end and hit me yeah so I'm not sure if I had my position quite right or if I didn't have enough lasers i don't know if you go up to the top left and you use your bombs
1: yes you can, get, so I you can do get it yeah get quite a few points not not mega but yeah
0: and you survive as well so that's so how i have always played it i didn't know about that bit uh same so level six boss hitting its bullets just just stand in front of it firing away and it can't hit you because every time you hit its bullets it can't hit you and you get tons mm. of points and at the end it just kills itself so that's about the only tips I've got, really. Have you got any for this? It's just a brutal no, just game, wa- isn't
1: it? Yeah, just watch those videos that Mark's done. They, that's, you, you can tell what struck me, right, is when I watched, I watched that Gradius one all the way through. I've not watched Nemesis one all the way through. I've just oh, yeah. flipped through it. And he's, the, the accuracy as with the joystick, while he's waiting for the next wave of enemies, there's a volcano with a gap in the middle, and then you can go yeah, through it. He just it. flops through it, doesn't he? And he's just circling it. He's circling it perfectly th- you know, through the gap in the volcano. Do you know why that, that is? I why? think I
0: know why it is. On the NES version, when you fly through that volcano, you get a 1,000-point bonus.
1: And I think oh, people no. are
0: used to doing that on the NES version or the home versions.
1: That just goes to show how accurate he is. Oh, yeah. With the, with the joystick control. Because I, I line myself up first, yeah. and then I zoom through that volcano. I can't just do it quick. Yeah, and, and he's maybe, got two
0: speed ups there as well, so he's moving quicker than normal. Yeah, that's Yeah,
1: really accurate stuff. That's the difference between a good player, a really good and player us. And, like, and us. Yeah, yeah, it is. Just the control of the controls.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause when you when you've got two speed ups, which Mark does play with, he's moving quite quickly, but it's really twitchy and I have sort of got to just tap the joystick and he sits and just get there with one movement. Well, I'll get close and just tap Get Closer, and he seems to just get there perfectly every time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He may, I don't know what joystick he uses, but he's obviously really used to using it.
1: Mm, now, the graphics
0: and sound of this game, I really like this. I really like the graphics and sound. It's got lovely 16-bit graphics with that X68000 processor, and it's got some of the best, most memorable music in an arcade game for me. I, I always, It's one of those games that we've discussed before. When you go in an arcade, you could always hear... Certain little tinkles and noises that you just remember from this game, always. Now, Level 6, we spoke about earlier, is obviously where the whole art style for Salamander came from, which is Mm. the next game to Gradius and the Nemesis Legacy, with all its gooey, stringy, space guts imagery, kind of geiger esque kind of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was a kid, I never knew that Nemesis scrolled up and down too. Until I actually saw a good player get away way through it, and when he we went to that second level, it was moving up and down as well.
1: Yeah, I do that.
0: I also like the sprite scaling explosions for some of the enemy bosses. Because mm. I thought that was quite it was quite an early game for, for sprite scaling, 1985. But I presume those the 68,000 processors could
1: do that sort of thing. Yeah, possibly, yeah.
0: Now, the cabinet art is a bit unfortunate because it's kit only. Um, I have seen uh, these games back in the day in Electrocoin Goliaths. I think Electrocoin was the sole distributor of, of Konami games in the UK. And it just had a marquee, that was it. You had this, this normal sort of stripy overlay from a, a Goliath cabinet with the three buttons either side and a single joystick in the middle. And it's just had a marquee. There was no side art, nothing that we got over here as far as I've ever seen. Now, the Sal- Salamander, the next game, got a really nice Goliath with side art on it. They had a sort of yeah. custom side art and they're quite sought after in this country. Nemesis, or Gradius, was going to be called Scramble 2. It was heralded as the second Scramble, and it is in the sort of line of history of it. But went on to spawn a whole new series of Gradius and sub series of Salamander games, then onto a parody series called Parodius, which has wacky character in it and pokes fun at itself, along with being a great set of games. Now the bubble memory version of this will not work nowadays. I can almost guarantee it won't work. And I suppose mm. a PCB with this bubble memory is worthless because I don't think you can reprogram the bubble memory because it's, it's a weird thing, isn't proprietary it? system. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's got any hardware to do it. Uh, but I know the ROM versions of this game board sell for very high money. We're talking like £600 to £1,000 for the board, for an original board. God. But as I said earlier, I got a feeling it's on the 19-in-1, but I'm not sure if that's the Versus nintendo version i think it's the proper version
1: mm. right we have some comments on nemesis as there's, there's a few a few podcast feedback bits but this is a lot more on comments about nemesis this yeah. is thomas wrath of khan again khan, See you, khan. khan Dilkan, damn it khan you blew up my ship and now you're playing nemesis what are you Darian. So he's put, for Mr. Sean, this is using a combination of marked strategies and the rank control, low power level strategy. I got to the far end of the third level doing this. My loadout for the majority of this run was laser and missile with a single multiple. I've tried low power. I am. And I'm I got, still rubbish on it. And I got my highest score. And it was a fluke because I've not got near that score again. Right. When, when another multiple when i added another multiple mid stage two things got awfully hairy and i died i'm at a point where i can roughly mimic marks load out for stage one without too much hassle i've no missed stage one rocking at least two multiples dual speed up lasers and missiles a few times when it's risky and when you take that into stage two it goes mushy himasama, ultra mode on your butt i would say it's a decent idea to learn stages using minimal power Maybe even nothing other than a missile and speed up. So if you have all the sweet spots in your head, you crank up that rank and for some extra guns once you're consistently no missing each stage. I don't think I'm going to be able to no miss stage one and two by the deadline, but I don't feel I'm far off.
0: Wow!
1: hope you're both having a good time with the game. Take care and a lovely weekend. No, we're not. What I did eventually... I stopped using the lasers and I used the missiles and the double. So I was firing up and bombing down and I was getting yeah. the things on, on the roof and the, and the floor and I got farther doing that. And I could, you can also get the mowers a lot easier. It's a massive risk for reward, isn't it? Yeah.
0: To to get the mowers, you've got to have the, the double. double because you've got to shoot upwards because um, you can't some, get them yeah. in the mouth. Otherwise you just, you've got to hit them in the mouth to get them and you can't do that with a laser you simply can't do it and when I see Darren Deasy our friend he's he can do this game with his eyes closed basically and he always does that he gets that weapon on there and then goes back Mm. to lasers later on I think when you do the level 6 with the brain at the end the the, the sort of brainy kind of thing not the final level you use the shots on that because I think you shoot more shots per fire than the lasers and you just kill loads of them that's what Mark was doing as well Mm. so Rygar R another primo podcast chaps keep it a good work if there was any Justin award, the world, they'd get picked up by radio 2 and then broadcast in a drive time slot <laughs> oh that's yeah, nice yeah we can do it every day yeah that'd be brilliant yeah I was pleased to hear this episode's game challenge was Nemesis this is a game I really wanted to like back in the day it's no Raiden but it had just about everything you could want in a shmup circa 1986 wait five well, well styled, colourful graphics, great tunes in SFX, and one of the first proper upgrade systems I can remember. The problem was it was just too flipping difficult. The three button controls, the jerky movement, and the loose collision detection were part of the challenge, but let's face it, trying to continue after losing your power ups was a wee bit frustrating. Nevertheless, I went back to this with rose tinted spectacles and rose tinted everything else. I've just spent the hottest day of the year in Arcade Club practicing, as you do, and I'm a bit flushed. However, I finished the day with, and we put his score on, we'll tell
1: you later on, on level four. Well chuffed with that, that's very good done well was done well chris plus plus on nemesis he's shown us his score and we'll we'll read that out in a bit you you'll already hear plenty of complaints about the reset parrots when you lose a ship so i'll get yep. on to mentioning that i played gradius a lot on the commodore 64 in my teens i found that it made me very good at the arcade game which speaks high, highly of the conversion and its accuracy for no apparent reason the c64 is over off often overlooked when it comes to the greatest home versions of many arcade games i defy anyone to find the better cuba miss pac-man puyan forgot about puyan battle zone or crystal castles the amazing one by thunder mountain anyway the preferred weapon in nemesis is obviously the laser. it's been several years since i played any version of the game which might explain my low score even if it doesn't excuse it now graham ten shearers uh,
0: great podcast as ever, well, guys. After listening to Mr. Do podcast, I couldn't help but think that Sean needs locking in a room for 24 hours with these three cabs. Mr. Do, Donkey Kong, and Dig Dug. Then show how to play these three game classics by pro players. Then he might come to realise that there's more gameplay than he thinks and aren't just finicky games. Yeah, as you tell, <laughs> Polly. This may sound like I'm having a dig at Sean, pardon the pun, but that with his cheating auto fire antics and dislike for finicky games and not to forget playing Borderlands, what the hell has that got to do with arcade games? I feel like this is pushing things too far. Anyway, onto to game. Couldn't believe it when I heard Victor say Nemesis, while at the same time trying to figure out what game you were humming. Oh, that was a perfect rendition. What's wrong with him? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I have a long history with the Greatest Nemesis franchise, but it didn't start with the coin Up version. It started with Gradius 3 on the Super Nintendo, which is a nigh-on-perfect conversion. Then I moved on to Gradius Deluxe Pack for the Saturn, which had Gradius and Gradius 2 Go For New Yaboo, a.k.a. Vulcan Venture, on the disc. I then put months of practice into Gradius using the official Sega arcade stick and eventually looped Gradius twice over, scoring over 800,000 points. Then challenged myself with Gradius Collection for the PSP with its dodgy D pad and still looped Gradius twice. Then Arcade Club opened its doors in 2014 in Hasingdon. With a lot of excitement and trepidation, I had a few credits on Nemesis, which was housed in a nice looking electrical and Goliath cabinet, and found the game way too hard to like and not like Gradius on the Saturn. I then acquired Groovy Arcade about two years ago, but didn't touch either Gradius or Nemesis until now. I personally think Nemesis a far tougher game than Gradius, even though you get a lot of power orbs thrown at your Vic Viper, which you don't get in Gradius. At certain points in the game, the Bacterian enemies throw more bullets at you, so you need to be a lot sharper with your dodging skills and acquire the shield on the second loop. I don't think I'll be playing Nemesis in the near future. My dodgy ticker can't take it. I might be on the prowl for a Nemesis PCB and try to loop the game three times, That's the only way to beat the long-standing world record by Paul Ashworth, which was achieved the year the game came out in 1985. Just to finish this feedback, did either of you guys find out how Doc Mac acquired his original dedicated Nemesis cab, which I must say looks very nice, but it's a shame you can't see the side art on John's arcade video. I was hoping to have a chat with Pete Hart at last year's UK VAC meet-up and ask him about the in-house score on the Nemesis cab at Gallop and Ghost, but never got the chance. Hey Pete, if you're listening, can you tell us what the high score is at Gallop and Ghost? Keep up the excellent arcade work, guys. Your hard work and dedication to this podcast is well appreciated. Now, as far as I know, the cab at Galloping Ghost, they just made it themselves with their own artwork. I don't think it's a dedicated cabinet, but Pete Mm. can put us right on that. Ooh, just seeing the scores. Nice. Right, Right, here we How many people?
1: Loads of them. About 38, I
0: think, this time. One of our newer listeners, Kitty Kitty Ping. Kitty Ping! Meow! (laughs)
1: <laughs> 14,800 why is this game so hard Ed Horse he's back he's not he's not back with his flock what's a load of horses called a stampede what are they called it a stallion bunch. A, a, a bunch a bunch yeah. he's not back with his a horse frid- bunch I know, it's, it's a fridge full of horses yes 15,600
0: quick go he's put Steve Tyke ooh Steve Tyke's normally an excellent games player 22,100 Nemesis it's not you it's me
1: Andrew Driver, 24,300. Not looking too promising. Matthew Bridge,
0: 26k. Uh, cab's been out of order. Managed a few quick goes. How difficult.
1: Mark, what no gravy. 26,300. If anyone anyone wants me, I'll be playing Super Glob. Absolutely. If you don't like a game, play another one. It's that simple. Yeah.
0: Ross Ross, 32,200. I wanted to love Nemesis. I wanted to be good at it. Neither of these occurred. Ooh, Johnny
1: Cage from Street Fighter. Mortal Kombat. No. Mortal Kombat. That's, that's the one. Them fighty things. 34,500. Ben of Steel, 38,100. I dislike most shmups I play,
0: but the hour in which I got to play this, I grew to quite like it. I'm angry, though. It made me had to Google what my star
1: sign symbol is. Oh, yeah. Just done it, Rob Arcade 79 seventy nine forty thousand nine hundred. Nemesis, it most certainly is. As Mister Mister Miyagi says, "Power up on, power up off." I would say, "Beep off."
0: <laughs> Michael Vortman forty nine thousand five hundred finally managed to get to level two. As its moments, been in the end, too much going on for my reflexes.
1: Chris Creston on the moon of a bootleg. 50, 55,000 struggling to make progress. think I'm using too many speed-ups.
0: Yeah, a lot of our players, the good players have been struggling with this, aren't they? Mm. Jason Barber, 55,100. You beat Mooncrest to bootleg by 100 points. Hi, my name is Jay and I'm a Taurus. I'm not very good at this. It's too hard. Would be a good game if it wasn't toned down a bit. The star <laughs> yeah. sign business, when you put your name at the end, you have some lovely music which sounds just like this. The music a bit, it's good. And mm. you put in your name, and if you're a lady or a gentleman, and also put your star sign in. How daft is that? Star signs mean nothing.
1: Rubbish. Weird. Hmm. Anyway, Ian Cullen got fifty-seven three hundred token entry from me on this one, just not a fan. Now me,
0: I had a lot of rage quits, and I remember this game being easier than it actually is. Fifty-seven thousand nine hundred. That's as far as I got, and I could not beat it.
1: Mm. It's it's a very tricky game. He, in fact, is Jimmy. And he got 69,300. Never has one game resulted in so many rage quits. This game is tough, it's brutal, and I like it. Jeremy Riley. 71,000 dead. Exploding pinball, man. Ding, 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 ding. Speed, so much speed. Can you ever have too much speed? Yes, you can. Lemmy from Motorhead would have disagreed. And he got 72,700.
0: One Punch Rob, 73,200. Had to play this on a SNES Mini as my arcade monitor is down. We can't allow this score. No.
1: Delete! Sorry,
0: Delete him!
1: Sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a SNES version, isn't it? Just a minute, let me cross him out. <laughs> Chris Plus Plus, 79,000. Yeah, 79,000. Well done, Chris Plus Plus.
0: Uh, Button Mashing Fund, 80,500. Get some reasonable scores now.
1: Benjamin Granville, eighty-one thousand, eighty-six thousand one hundred. Nemesis is the first game that I've played that that has (laughs) you to fill out an online dating profile on the high score table. (laughs) I'm a Taurus.
0: Uh, Thomas Wrath of Khan, 87,000 dead. I hear the stage one music in my nightmares now. Damn you, Konami.
1: Sol, you're going to do Sol.
0: Sol, I got 98,100 wild 10 new pigeons in the loft. It's the best I can do at this stage. I'm off for some, certainly. I got 109,000 after cut-off points. So I can't have that, no. <laughs> Whip it's down. Whip it's down again. I've had to take him to the vet. Got Possibly. piles. <laughs>
1: Andrew Hannay, 104,900. Power-ups are great, but enemies get more aggressive as a result, and when you die, you start from scratch. So annoying. Yeah,
0: we were going to hear that a lot. Tactical Giles, under an 8,300. An enjoyable horizontal shooter, but the difficulty ramps up too quickly after the first couple of levels. Nowhere near as good as art in my opinion. He's got a mm. point.
1: Neil 20 to 5 it's 1637 in Neil land 113,400 I can only concur about the 10 pence effect mm. indifferent to begin really warm to it but now hate it next game please and you Mr Sean 117,500 how'd you manage that? cheating I, I suppose no what I what, you, what I eventually did a lot I died at the beginning of the MOA stage Yeah. And then powered up a little bit, so there's there's not a lot of you know it hasn't ranked up a bit, so I've got a double shot and a bomb, so you can go through and shoot above and below, yeah, and I got through it, I think I've only got through it twice, and that was one of the scores one hundred and seventeen five hundred yeah mark happy dude one hundred and
0: forty four thousand two hundred I concur full on ten pence effect, loved it now almost hate it
1: Raigagagara one hundred and seventy two three hundred. Mr. Trollnads, quite high up, one hundred seventy-nine thousand one hundred.
0: I do not remember this game being so brutally difficult. I don't think any of us did. Much prefer Vulcan Venture, which is the second in the se- uh, second in the Gradius series. Though this is kinder to you when you die, and I'll I'll have a note about that at the end.
1: Mm, enjoy your holiday, Trollnads. He's in is in America. Yes. Mm. He says it's very hot, but I say it's not hot in arcades, mate. Get in arcades with aircon. Absolutely. Yeah, don't do none of this sightseeing rubbish. Mm. Anyway, Pixel Avocat Podcast, 180,200. A solid game, but I think the sweet spot for shooters came later when the cooler graphics and explosions were possible.
0: Mm. Uh, Matt Neo MK, 193,300 points. Early pioneer of the horizontal shooter genre, unmistakable graphics and memorable tunes, even naming ships after podcast presenters. A game Mm. you can realistically 1cc two. No, it's not. I think Gradius you could, couldn't you? We should
1: try Gradius,
0: you know. I did have a go of Gradius, Mm, and I've still found it difficult. There is some quite differences to it, though, which I'll talk about later.
1: Right. Paul McCaskey, 318,900. Lycon R-Type and Thundercross, I died on the last level, so no 1cc. I also now have Arcade Hand. I'm too old for this SH1T. Mm. I really like Thundercross. I thought it was a good game. Charlie Farr. Is third
0: 402,300 very shaky. One cc, but it's my first clear on nemesis. Level four is my gradius. I mean, nemesis lost three lives on it.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Mark, he was a mosquito, now he's not a mosquito, now he's a horsefly, isn't he? Mm. Or Something a wasp, like a wasp. Mark wasp, bloody hell. Vic, why did you can you do a Welsh accent? Bloody hell. Vic, why'd you have to
0: choose his version of a gradius? The rank on them Nemesis skyrocket, especially when you're fully powered up.
1: <laughs> yes! <laughs> I, I love the Welsh accent. It's brilliant. It's good, isn't it? And Graham, 10 Shearers, by email to me, 568,900. And his comments are what we've read before. Well done, Graham. I've met him a few times now. He's also absolutely brilliant at Flicky. Oh, wow. Nice one. Nice one, mate. Full.
0: Full 10 points for you. If you want to see a lot of our scores, they've been lo- uploaded onto Arcade Sidekick. I put mine on there earlier.
1: Shall we have a quick look? I'm on it now, right? We've got... Uh, yeah, 10 Shearers is the top. So Graham's on Arcade Sidekick. Pete Hahn, I presume it's him. It's got Hahn. He's, yeah. uh, he's got 532. Wow. Charlie Third, Paul McCaskey Fourth, Cinecaster, he's not put a score in for our show, but he's on Sidekick at 180,000. Oh, that's a good score. Oh, this is... This is El, Elmi Pro Elmi Po, he's got Elmi Po. Un, Elmi po. He's got one hundred and nineteen four hundred. So we'll put that yes in in the high score league. It's quite a good and, score. And then there's me, Tactical Giles, Mister Flumps, Buttons, One Punch Rob. She there's quite a few ten pences in the in the score list. Nice, but, but there's twenty three at the minute on the Nemesis high score table.
0: Nice to see him using that excellent app. Yeah, well done. So this is quite a good bit of the. The game as well, the ports and sequels to this game. Oh now, my God! The PC Engine version, and we presume the X sixty-eight thousand, are basically arcade perfect. They're really good. There's significant slowdown on the PC Engine version, but in part you'll be glad of that. And now I think, right? Me personally, think the PC Engine version is actually better than the arcade version of right. Nemesis, anyway, not Gradius, as it is a more balanced and there's a whole extra level. There's a whole extra level in it. Right. I didn't think I'd ever say that, and I know a certain group on WhatsApp are going to give me grief about this, saying that a console version is better than the arcade. But I still claim that no 8-bit computer or console version is as good as the original arcade hardware versions. The Contra. 16-bit games, the 16-bit games were closer to the arcade hardware, so sometimes you got extra levels, and they are a bit fairer, and you know, for home users. So I think in this instance. The PC Engine version is probably my favourite version. I haven't obviously played the X68000 version. Now, I played a few of these earlier today. I played the Game Boy version. It's a very, very different game. And due to the teeny tiny screen, the, it's, it had to be changed for that. And it's very odd. There's some odd versions of it as well, which aren't like the arcade one. Now, the Game Boy Advance game Greatest Galaxies is a closer port with zooped up graphics and sounds, which it didn't really need. But it is nice looking. Now, the NES or Famiclone version is nice. It's quite cut down, and you can also use the Konami code on it to give you a shed load of weapons on startup, one of All those right. early games with the Konami code. Now, the C6, I think, I think on the NES version, you can only get two options as well. Now, the Commodore 64 version, which one of the listeners, I think Chris Plus Plus, was talking about earlier. Now, I played this back in the day, and I was, it's, it's a very muted color in its you know, typical C64 version, but I really liked it. Now, there's ZX Spectrum version with single-coloured characters, no music in the game, and some pathetic little blips for firing sounds, and it is quite boring to play, but it's got most of the elements of Nemesis. Now, both of these versions only allowed you one multiple, whereas the MSX version, which in the UK, for me anyway, was always considered a sort of poor man's computer, but they're actually quite powerful computers. Yeah. And not many people I know, I think I knew one guy who had one. Now, the MSX version is nice and colourful, Uh, but it's got single-coloured sprites, but nice and colourful and a bit choppy scrolling, but it had music throughout the game and allows you two multiples. Now, later compilations on the PlayStation and Saturn are perfect versions, obviously. Now, Gradius 2 Gopher No Yaboo or Vulcan Venture was a direct sequel, which I've got just up there, which needs fixing. I've actually got the PCB on that. Then on to Gradius 3 and then Gradius 4 Fukatsu, which means Legend Fakatsu. What it means it?
1: and then there's Gradi- that says for in the yeah, title. Yeah, I think it's what legend. Legend,
0: Is yeah. It? Uh, and Gradius V or 5 which was released in 2004 on the PS2. The side spin-off of this game was Salamander or Life Force, which also had a sequel Salamander 2. I like Salamander 2. I think it's a really good game. Great graphics. It's an expensive mm. board to buy as well. And then another side spin-off was Parodius with its sequels, Fantastic Proteus, and Sexy Proteus. Now, these are really nice games, really good games. And then, guess what, Sean? Another spin-off. Another spin-off. This was, I didn't know about this, is Otomedius. I've heard of the game before, but didn't realise it was a spin-off of the Gradius series. Now, Otome, it means made in Japanese. You know, the cute, kawaii, scantily-clad girls, anime characters? Right. I watched a YouTube video of someone booting this up on an original cabinet, a Japanese cabinet, and it took two minutes to boot the game because it loads up on on PC hardware. Right. Yay, Windows embedded software. Yay, rubbish. And the person was using a touch screen on the arcade cabinet to choose the options at the start of the game. You can choose like your, your girl you're going to play with, and the different firing habits and all this sort of stuff. And you use touch screen on the screen it's a CRT,
1: but it's right. a touch screen
0: one. And then when they was playing the game, it's joystick and buttons. Now the last time I saw that on a candy cab was when I was in Japan in 2010, and someone was playing one of the cool matching games like Zoo, where you, you press the screen. It might have been a Mahjong game. You got to match the two and then they disappear, and that was on a proper candy cab. But we we didn't, never got any of that over here, as far as I know. But that oh. Artemidius game looks lovely. It looks really really nice, and it's a similar kind of game. But instead of a spaceship, you're a girl on a on a rocket or a you know a broomstick. It looks a bit reminded me of Cotton a little bit.
1: What about Ordine or Ordine? Is, is that Konami? No. can't remember. Is it not? All right. That's Namco. Yeah, it is Namco. Sorry, yeah, I got that wrong. So the conclusion... Well, for me, this
0: says it all right. If someone like Mark, ex-Mosquito, can get 452,000 points out losing a life, right, then loses a life on his second loop and then loses another five lives in quick succession and only gains an extra 7,000 points... This means it's impossible to get back to speed if Mark can't do it. Mark can't do it, no one can. This is from The Horse's Mouth from Mark. Hey, I gave the Nemesis ROM a try last night and it's significantly harder than Gradius. It's really annoying that Konami had to tamper with the difficulty of their Western arcade releases from the original Japanese balance. Greedy. The strats the strat still works, just a lot lot harder. If I'd known this, I'd have asked us to play Gradius, but for me I always knew of this game as Nemesis, always. Never heard of Gradius until the NES came out. It was always Nemesis to me. All the computer mm. versions were Nemesis. You know, the ones I played as a kid were Nemesis. And in the local arcades, it was in a Goliath cabinet with Nemesis on it. So if I'd known
1: that, I thought there were just regional versions of it, but... It's very unusual that the, the Western version is harder than the Japanese version, and it's yeah, usually really the other unusual. way around. I think yeah. it was a cash grab. Like Mark said, I think it's just a
0: cash grab because you can continue on the game, can't you?
1: Yeah. And just yeah. keep
0: putting money into play it. But the differences I've, I've seen in watching the videos from Gradius to Nemesis is the title screen of Gradius is Gradius and that stylized writing, like a logo. And on Nemesis, you get like that like really cool sort of perspective ship with things firing at it to get a nice picture. And obviously, the difficulty level in it and the hardness of the ramping up algorithm in it. But when you die on Gradius, I think you're left with one one speed. up. I mean, you hit the button straight when you get a speed up. But on Nemesis, you get a lot of those orange enemies straight away. So you can get about five to ten straight away yeah. to get your weapons back really quickly. But it's still very, very difficult to do that. But that's the sort of the thing it did. It made it easy to get your ship powered back up again. But it was mm. also a lot easier to lose a life during the game. So it's trying to balance it out, but it doesn't really balance it that much at all. Now, the bosses on this game are just boring. They're just pathetic. And I've got my reservations as if they were supposed to be like that in the original game, or whether they ran out of time, money, resources, memory, whatever, storage space, and they just left the same the same boss in because it just goes up and down, fires laser, it's really easy to avoid, absolute piece of cake doing it, and you kill it off. It's just, it's not even worth being there half the time. It's just silly.
1: Yeah, it's very weird. When When... The, when you've got full power-ups, the, the bosses fire really fast bullets, so it's a slight yeah. challenge. If you're not using that kind of bit where you keep him down the bottom of the screen, it is a bit of a, a challenge, but yeah, it is quite easy.
0: You can tell what you just said, because when you get to the middle point of the first level, you get a big rock in the in the sort of diamond-shaped rock firing the five lasers at you. If you get there with hardly any firepower, they fire quite so, it's really easy to stand in front of them, shoot, get out of the way, do the next one, get out of the way, etc etc but when, your foot, when you've got like two options and the lasers it fires like crazy you can't even get into it to shoot it it's, it's easy just to leave it and don't bother shooting it because you can get round it you don't have to mm. shoot it it's almost impossible to, to, to hit it without getting hit it's that yeah. difficult and that really shows up the differences in it mm-hmm. Yeah. and it's just reminded me you know you know the first game to this was Scramble Yeah. how difficult was the Stern version compared to the Konami version
1: Yes, twice as hard, weren't it? By the, by the, I don't think I've done the third loop through, you know. I may have just done it. I have. No, well, I've got
0: 80,000, 83,000 on the Stern version of. Um,
1: I don't think I did it. Because on the third loop, you've got to hit every fuel dump, yeah, haven't it's you? Really every hard. single one. But that's yeah. the
0: same thing again. The Konami was the Japanese original, and then Stern released it in America in their own cabinets. And the Stern version oh, yeah. is way harder, which is it unusual is, for Western games to be harder than the Japanese counterparts. It is. Yeah. Now, as I said earlier, I much prefer to play the PC Engine or even the NES version, as it's nowhere near as punishing. I think I've got to level five on the PC Engine before. I've, I've got quite a way through it. I was quite surprised. Um, and the level should be where the difficulty progresses, not because of how well you're playing and how many weapons you've got. It should be you know, level one easy, level two get a bit hard, level three tricky, level four hard, and then up to last level really difficult. But it doesn't go like that. In fact, the last level, the decent players, they seem to think it's one of the easier levels. It's the mower heads on level three. It's the harder level.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of the problems with bullet hells where they, you know, the sickier ones do it as well. It gets extremely difficult. if You've got a lot of, a lot of power-ups and you, yeah. and, they, and you suicide, as you call it, to power down again and get through the hard bits, yeah. which I don't really like. That's one thing about yeah. bullet hells I don't like.
0: Well, this is 1985, and the ranking thing that's now common with what you just said in bullet hells, it wasn't needed back then. And I don't actually, it's so fiddly, I don't think it's needed in modern games or even you know, relatively modern games. I think it's one mm-hmm. of those things where if you, if you know the complicated rule set to a Dan Maku game or a bullet hell, you can do quite well in it. But when you're playing really well and you're doing really well and it gets so hard you've got to kill yourself off, it just seems like a step backwards. You're not progressing. Yeah. You're sort of going back and starting again. And that would really frustrate me.
1: Yeah, it's just a strategy, isn't it? You have to Yeah, it's very strange. You have to work with the game instead of just enjoying it. But mm. I suppose a lot of a lot of the games you'd have to do that anyway. Yeah. Now this game
0: has had a massive 10 pence effect on me, as well as a lot of the listeners. Loads of swearing and rage quits. I think I was just annoyed with myself for not remembering how difficult it was. And then the added difficulty again of playing the the Western version, which is even harder than the Japanese one. It sort of killed it for me, really. And I, yeah. don't, I, think it, I, th- I don't think I'm going to play Nemesis again. I think I'll play the sequels and the offshoots, because I really like the sequels to the game. I think they're prettier as well, because obviously the graphics came on leaps and bounds over the years. But the Parodius games are really daft, and I like the silly humour in them.
1: Mm.
0: And I've always liked Salamander, because Salamander changes from horizontal to vertical through the game as well, It gives it yeah. quite a bit more variety. And I do like the art style of those games. I think they're lovely.
1: Well, I think uh, there's a lot of point-blank deaths on this as well. You get shot at point-blank. Oh, really yeah, stuff sneaks brilliant. behind you, doesn't it? Yeah, well, one thing that made me realise how evil the ranking system is, you know, at the very far start of the first level, you, you get a load of, like, silver discs. You shoot them, you get a power-up. You go down yep. to the bot machine, shoot them, you get a power-up. But well, by the time you got to level two and if you haven't died, you shoot the silver discs and they spit out a load of bullets at you. Yeah. You don't so
0: expect it, do Because it's
1: the start of the level, You know, ease you into it. No, we'll throw fire, loads of bullets at you. Mm. So, well, anyway, apart from that, I thought one power-up is too slow for me, two power-up is a bit too fast for me at the minute i need to work on the controlling of the joystick and i spent this is another thing with fiddly games i spent at least half my time looking at the power at bar thinking right i need three to get the laser i need four to get the multiple and i'm trying to count in my head with trying not to look down to try not to get killed yeah which i I, I struggled with that
0: they made it a lot easier on salamander because when you shoot certain things it drops a different icon and you, you can tell which of the icons are you can see them quite clearly and if you want to get another multiple, it looks like a multiple. If you want to get a speed up, it looks like it's like a little small thing with green bits on. And the mm. other the other weapons, you can tell the eyes. So if you think, oh, I don't need any more speed ups, I'll avoid that one. You can, and then yeah. automatically, I think there's only two buttons on Salamander. There's fire and bomb, isn't there? Because you get you get your weapons so. automatically, and they, they put themselves on straight away. And the later Gradius games, you could choose which kind of weapons you get for each mult each um, orb. And you can also mm. have it on, so it, it, it automatically powers up. Or I think I think one of the Parodius games, you can press one button, it will fire all three. So as soon as you press the button, you will c- take it, and it will fire a weapon down as well as your your main weapon. And it t- it right. does muck about. It. it gives you lots of options and, and things you can change around in the game, which is quite is good. This- you can sort of you can make the game to your liking, and with different
1: kind of weapons as well. It's this thing about fiddly gameplay that was on about last time. I, I, I don't like these power-up bars. I think there's there's quite a few that used it. This was this was a groundbreaking game, no doubt. Oh yeah, yeah. Very clever. Lots lots of innovative stuff in it. Good, great music. Good title screen graphics. I think the in-game graphics are good, but we're used to used to it now. But if you go back to eighty-five, they were good. They were really good for the time. Mm, yeah, really nice. The ranking the rankings just horrible on it. Sucks. It. But a good game and if you're a good player you can get through it but I haven't had the time or the inclination to do it I'm afraid
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I do think and, and usually the, the follow ups to this game are better and also the other games in the other series are better, I like Salamander and I also really like Parodius games because they're just really daft and they've used lots of different, yeah. you know, different graphics you wouldn't expect to be there and they're really really silly and I like this sense of humour in it, and they're a lot prettier as well. I think this is more playable.
1: I you had on, it on, on the all... stairs, one of them.
0: Oh yeah, it's really, really good, really ver- good versions. So yeah, I think I think when I chose this, it was nostalgia taking over mm. a bit more than the actual. This is a really good game, and I don't think I'm gonna go back to it. You know, I've I've had enough of it now, which is really sad because Nemesis is a game where I always used to think of. Oh, I'd
1: love to play Nemesis at home. I'd love to play Nemesis at home, and I enjoyed playing it on the 64 i'm gonna to have to i'll I'll try and get i haven't got gradius on my cab because i think i've just got a stripped down rom set which is no clones or no nothing so i think gradius is seen as a not a parent rom it's seen as a it might be yeah uh, yeah some other roms i might put it on and have a go but anyway i like it but no i, I think no not in the for end me, for not. me it's a mm,
0: no no yeah Next show's game. Right then, Sean, could you pick for me a
1: game for us to play over the next two weeks? Yes, I wanted something a bit different. I've been thinking about mm. a platform game for a while, but I've, I have settled on this one. You like this one? Now this isn't a platform game or a shooter or
0: no, a fighter.
1: Something a bit different. Mm. It's on the sixty and one. It's pinball action. Ooh, a
0: Ooh.
1: pinball game. Yeah, <laughs> Tekken, nineteen eighty five. Rom is PB action. Is that peanut butter action? I love peanut butter. You do too, don't you? Oh, yeah, with a bit of jam in it. Lovely. Ooh, jelly, jelly. <laughs> three lives. Difficulty. There's three difficulty settings. They're all too easy. This is defaults. Yep. Extra lives, which means extra ball on this game. 70,000, 200,000. Get your scores in, lads. By 16th of July, 5 p.m. UK time, please. Also, get your score in girls. Yeah, sorry. Now, sorry, I have girls. got
0: the PCB. I've got two PCBs of this game I found in a raid years ago. And I might put a PCB on and play it if I can't find them. I'll be using a 16-1. But the 16-1 is probably the easiest way to play it on an arcade cabinet.
1: Yeah, and if you're playing it on a keyboard like I am, you can... Very easy. You can use the two shift buttons as the flippers, which feels better to me than... I've, I've tried it on the cab, and the, the buttons are too close together. But I might, I might try it on the cab again. There is... Is it, is it left flipper, right flipper... Fire the ball. And is there a tilt button as well? It's just a nudge, but it's not nudge yeah. left and right. It's just nudge up, which is a bit... i have to work not, out what that's for, but yeah. It's
0: not useless, but it's not great. It's one of those kind of controls you might forget to use if you didn't know it was there. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I like this game. Yeah, nice quick
1: game. but I've you played can quite a bit of it on the 61 before. I like it's, it. I like it. It's a really good pinball game the physics are good and there's more than one table in it so there's a lot to like yeah nice
0: okay we shall do that then uh, get your scores in on twitter with hashtag 10 score or on facebook as a comment on our page uh send me an email send sean an email uh, and uh, lots of other places you can get in contact with us you know where we are the deadline for the score submissions is 16th of july at
1: 5 p.m uk uk time yeah check out the high score: Ten pence. High score league table, please. Well, you don't have to. You can check that out and see how far ahead Charlie Farr is. But Tro doing well this year. Really good. And see how far I am down the bottom. And don't give two hoots. Hoot!
0: That's lots of hoots. That's about seven hoots. Mm. So, all we've got to do now is listen to some excellent quotes on the way out.
1: Goodbye. Thank you, kids. Goodbye. Jesus Christ.
0: I just die oh no way man you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www10 you can email me at vertvic at 10 you can also reach us on our Facebook page you can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly we'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.